Hey guys, you're listening to Millennials at the Movies. I am Amy. And I'm Novi. And today we're doing something a little different. Normally when we do bonus episodes, we review an entire series. But this time, we're doing an old movie and the new remakes. We're going to be reviewing the newer It movies soon, but we wanted to start where it all began. If you ignore the book, which I suggest you do, the 1990 It miniseries. According to Google Movies, in 1960, seven preteen outcasts fight an evil demon that poses as a child-killing clown. Thirty years later, they reunite to stop the demon once and for all when it returns to their hometown. It's not streaming anywhere free, but you could rent or buy it on most streaming sites. On Rotten Tomatoes, the critics give it a 70 and the audience a 63. Wow. Close ratings. It is. And I'd like to start this by saying... I know a lot of people have seen the new It that came out in 2017, Uh and this might seem a little tame to them. I'd like (laughs) to make sure everyone understands, this was a made-for-TV movie, and I'm pretty sure it aired at like 8pm on basic cable (laughs) in 1990, so you can't really (laughs) compare it to a rated R theater movie from 2017. Uh The horror had to be more implied. Yeah, don't get your hopes up as far as, like, being terrified or anything like that. <laughs> um, So I had never seen this movie until now, so this was my first experience with it, and I, I think the funniest part to me was a couple of things. First, back, way before I knew anything real about the It movies, um, I thought it would scare the crap out of me. I hadn't seen any trailers. I hadn't seen really pretty much anything, but I thought it was going to scare the crap out of me because I don't like clowns. I'm not like super scared of clowns, but I don't like them. Um, And so I assumed that anything having to do with the killer clown was going to be scary. Um, I wasn't scared. (laughs) Um, Though, and this is kind of jumping to the end of the movie. Uh, I will say that I also really hate spiders. So this, I went into this with like not knowing that part anyway, but still like two fears of mine. Well, and jumping to the middle of the movie, I really hate eyeballs. So both of us had fun, right? (laughs) Yeah. um, It's a special movie. I'm going to say that. And I knew that you would probably love it because, you know, Tim Curry. I love Tim Curry so much in almost everything. I am sexually attracted to him in almost anything. I would like to reassure you, not this. <laughs> well, I I think I told you this like after I watched it, but I didn't even remember as I was watching it that it was Tim Curry. Because obviously it looks nothing like him. I will say just a quick thing about the newer ones. Pennywise in the newer one still looks like Bill Skarsgård to me. Like, I can see him under the makeup. I can't see Tim Curry under the makeup at all. Maybe that's a good thing. But what's funny about this particular Pennywise, in the book, he's described as having a very calm, pleasant voice that lures (laughs) children in. (laughs) Uh-huh. This Pennywise was basically Buster Poindexter playing the ghost of Christmas past in Scrooge. He, <laughs> except a clown, he was yelling and screaming and he sounded like he smoked 8,000 packs a day. <laughs> yeah. 
it was, it was an interesting choice for based on what the book said. It was a very strange voice, but mm-hmm. he was always very approachable and normal looking until it was too late. Yeah. He just looked like kind of a middle-aged, fat, sad clown. So, like, if you saw that walking down the street, you wouldn't be like, oh, no, I'm in danger. You'd be like, oh, did he lose his bottle? (laughs) Yeah. He was, yeah, he was definitely not intimidating looking until, like, he wanted to be, I guess. Yeah, and I think that's an interesting choice to have, because he's supposed to lure the children in. He's not supposed Mm -hmm. to be scary from the get-go. And we see that at the very beginning with the little girl, Lorianne. Mm-hmm. Initially, he's in there laughing and pointing and happy, and she's happy to see him. She is, yeah. Until all of the sudden it changes. And it's very well, abrupt, and it's too late. By the time she sees that it's a threat, she's dead. Yeah, and I think um, when... Pennywise starts to move towards her and, you know, it's basically too late already. When they do show her face again, I expected to see panic on it. Like, I I expected for her to have that realization of, oh shit, like, evil clown, you know? Mm -hmm. But it doesn't happen. The little girl was still, like, maybe not as happy, but a little more calm. And it might be an, like, it might have just been bad acting because she's little, you know? But I thought that, that was actually really, really good because... She was so excited to see a clown, you know, and she was so happy about it. Kids love clowns, or at least they used to. I don't know about these days, but but she was so excited to see a clown, and it was it looked so happy and fun that she didn't have a chance to get scared, I feel like. Yeah. Even though, like, he feeds them, or he says they taste better, I guess, when they're scared. <laughs> but, like, and I'm sure she got to fear, but I like that they didn't show fear, whether it was intentional a decision that they made and they had her do that or not, but I like that. Yeah, she didn't look scared. She looked kind of confused, like, what's going on? She didn't even scream, because if the kid couldn't act, if they wanted her to be afraid, they would have had her scream off camera. We didn't get a scream until her mother came out later and saw the blood and the missing body. Mm, Yeah. That's true, and so it must have been on on purpose. <laughs> and I can't tell if it was supposed to be that she was just too confused or that Pennywise used his thrall on her because we find out later he has like a borderline hypnotism he can use. Yeah. Well, they and they set it up so well cuz I feel like I I so going into this I didn't know much obviously even though I have seen the newer it not chapter two um so I, but I still didn't know what like this whole setup was going to be and there are some differences so um I didn't know what to expect of it so they did a really good job with setting up his abilities without saying outright this is what's going on and like showing us everything because then that keeps the viewer curious like what the hell was that but you definitely do get an idea of like I guess how powerful Pennywise is um, with just that small scene. And I really like when a movie does that because it, it helps you kind of know what you're going in for with a movie, especially a two part movie that ends up being like three hours long mm-hmm. altogether. It's good to know what you're signing up for. You know what I mean? Um, ahead of time. Although I will say some of the shit 
there's no way you could have expected it but at least you had an idea of what this clown is going to be about slightly slightly yeah <laughs> there again there are some things and we'll talk about them when we get there and some of them I like and some of the things I dislike but at least you know that he isn't just like a killer like a human in a clown costume who's just going around killing people you you can already tell that with such a small scene at least I think you can <laughs> well if you couldn't tell it just by that scene you can definitely mm-hmm. tell it about a few seconds later when Mike shows up and finds yeah. a picture from the 50s of Bill's dead brother in the grass. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know what benefit Pennywise got out of putting it there. Like, I know that he makes really stupid decisions all the time <laughs> just for the sake of, well, this sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. But mocking Mike about George made very little sense to me. Not only because Mike was kind of useless to him as an adult, but mm-hmm. why why mock Mike about a kid that he never met? Yeah. Well, may I thought anyway that it was more about not necessarily mocking Mike about it but more about like get your little friend back here because like Mike was the only one that was still in the town so he's the only one he like Pennywise could have reached um but it didn't seem like he wanted that that's true yeah later on he's telling them all to leave and I, I I'll be honest I was I think I still am confused with the whole, like, he feasts on children, right? That's his whole thing. Yes. Why are there adults throughout the movie? I mean, obviously with the losers themselves, but also, like, other adults that we see that he at least attempts to eat. Um, And, like, even them as adults. Yeah, like, why was he trying to get... Why was he trying to do anything to Mike? Why wouldn't he just be like, okay, you go ahead and chase this story and see what you can figure out, but I'm going to go ahead and feed, you know? <laughs> and, like, it's not like he could have thought that Mike was going to be able to stop him. Well, and I'm not sure if the picture of George didn't appear if Mike would have reached out to the others, you know? Well, he said that that wasn't even the first one. It had been happening for a while. He just wanted to be sure. Yeah. So he probably wouldn't have. You figure, yeah, sure, make fun of Mike all you want, but don't push Mike to the point that he brings back all of these people that you don't want to be brought back. It's like going to a buffet and then deliberately having people put road signs and out-of-order tape in front of all the things that you want to (laughs) eat. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't... It doesn't make any sense. I I mean, you know, maybe it's just to have a movie. <laughs> yeah, it must have been. Without that, like, without that, what the hell were they going to do? <laughs> um, I I love, by the way, a couple of things about that beginning scene. Um, I didn't know who starred in this movie except for, uh, obviously, Tim Curry, as we said. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that, like, John Ritter was in it, but, like, he's cool, but yeah. he's not, like, Oh my gosh, I love him. Um, I did know that uh, Bill, little Bill, young Bill, was played by uh, Jonathan Brandis. That's his name, right? <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and I loved him as a kid, but I didn't know that Adult Mike was played by Tim Reed, who honestly, before this, I wouldn't have known him by name, but he was the dad in Sister, Sister. Oh, and right. I, <laughs> I love him so much because I loved that show so much. So did I, and, but like, I never would have placed that. <laughs> yeah, um, I knew he was familiar the second I saw him, and I was like, what was he in? I knew it was like from my childhood, you know? Uh, so I had to look it up and I was like, oh my gosh, it's the sister, sister, dad. Or he's, sorry. That makes <laughs> um, me so happy. <laughs> yeah, and so I was so excited to see him in this movie. Like, I didn't care like who he was necessarily or what, what was going to happen or whatever. It was just like, yay, you, I like you. <laughs> um, anyway, but that, that, that's just a side note. I'm going to say um, this about the casting, though. Yeah. They tried absolutely none to get adults and children that looked even a <laughs> little bit similar to uh-huh. either each other or the character they were playing. Like, <laughs> young Beverly, I think she uh-huh. did an amazing job in this movie. I think uh-huh. she was one of the only actors in it that made me feel and not just laugh. Uh-huh. But... yeah. She doesn't have hair like January embers. She's fucking brunette. <laughs> yeah, they didn't. I maybe they were just expecting nobody was gonna pay very close attention, like back when the movie came out, you know. Yeah, and none of the adults looked anything like the kids at all. I think, I think the closest they came to that, and it still wasn't that they looked alike. But I think the only one that I could buy was Eddie. I think they did a decent enough job with the Eddie character, like adult to young comparison compared to everybody else. I the rest think, of them were just so awful. I think the Bill one was, eh, maybe, uh, but the yeah. rest of them were so awful. And I'm not talking about their acting. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. just talking about straight looks to looks. Like this person could be the grown up version of this person. <laughs> it's like no. Not even slightly. Yeah. Well, they didn't. They didn't. They really, like, I'm imagining in the 90s, most people were just like, no one's going to think that much about a movie. I think it's a much more recent thing that everybody sits here and nitpicks, you know? Yeah. And they were not prepared for it back no, then. No, no, no. <laughs> um, I, I wanted to say really quickly, and that scene where we first see Mike at the crime scene, um, the music, I, I, I was laughing so hard because, and it continues, I didn't think it was going to, but that music, the, like, detective movie music that plays, I was half expecting him to go up to the camera and be like, well, you see, back when I was a kid, blah, 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 <laughs> you know, like, I really was expecting him to do that. It was the cheesiest thing. I have no idea why that choice was made. But it was freaking hilarious. It was. The music choices in this were generally very special. They were. (laughs) They kind of sounded like stock footage music from, like, either old horror movies or old detective shows. (laughs) Yeah. It it made a good, um, like, it made it even better as a funny movie, I think, rather than a horror movie. Um, We get in first to Mike starting to call all the losers, and I'm going to start with Mm -hmm. Bill. Yes. 
we find that when Bill was a child, he sent his little brother out with a paper boat because it was the 50s and that was still entertainment for children. <laughs> yep. And I am curious of what you think of Georgie being taken. Because oh. Oh. it's hard to tell based on the way Pennywise spoke to him whether it was a choosing or a right place, right time sort of thing. Hmm. Because throughout most of the movie, he seemed to be pretty much choosing at random based on convenience and location. Yeah. And he seemed like he was legitimately trying to kill almost every child he interacted with. There wasn't a lot of playing with his food. Yeah, no, he was hungry. But he had that conversation with George before killing him. And they had that, do they flow? And Pennywise looked like he just struck a gold mine. So I'm wondering if it was, he adopted that after George said it, like, yeah, they do. The corpses do float and so are the balloons. I like that. I'm going to use it the entire rest of the summer. Or if George just happened to say the thing that he had been saying since the dawn of time and he had one of those, like, nerdgasm moments where she's like, oh, you're going to taste really good. <laughs> uh yeah i do i do i didn't think anyway that it was like an intentional choosing i think that's what you were asking me right that yeah. was very, like question to me i don't think it was an intentional choosing i think it just did happen to be right place right time and i like the idea of him going i like that i'm gonna use that that's my catchphrase now um because well, pennywise definitely wants catchphrases and like quick one-line jokes and so it could easily have been like i like this kid and i'm gonna use that line and you know maybe i'll eat you fast so you don't feel the pain too much and <laughs> the thing is though that they float thing he used it the entire rest of the movie to people yeah. that didn't even get the reference so it's not like he was taunting bill with it because bill doesn't know that happened yeah so he was just having this, like, moment with himself where it's just like, hee hee, you don't know I'm referencing your dead brother, but I am. <laughs> yeah, like, like, this like, is how me. is that enjoyable? Yeah, but, like, why is that enjoyable to this, like, evil thing, you know? Like, it's, he, Pennywise is, I want someone to do a whole, like, and I'm, I'm sure it exists, if not in book form, definitely online somewhere. Someone has gone on a full explanation and analysis of Pennywise and not only what it is, but like why it does the things it does. Mm -hmm. And I want to read it. I think it would be great. I think if this is like a Freddy Krueger type villain where there are some villains that are just like, I have a mission, I'm on my mission. And then there are some villains that are like, fuck, that sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. And Pennywise is a mixture of the two. Sometimes he's just real hungry. But other times yeah. it's just like, huh, I'd like to play. Yeah, when he's just eaten, he's good. He wants to play. But then if he's hungry, like the second he gets hungry, he's not just hungry, he is hangry. So you better not fuck with him unless you want to get eaten i guess yeah exactly <laughs> i think that the camera transitions they used where they would mm. shoot 
from the younger person to the older person making the same uh, facial expression or biting their nail or yeah I thought that was really well done except for with Bill doing the half Macaulay Culkin <laughs> gasp thing with yep. one hand on his cheek yep. nope not good that was awful yeah, I, it didn't work for the kid version of him. I thought it looked stupid there. And then the adult version of him was also doing it. And I was like, what the hell is this choice? Like, what was that supposed to be? It was cheesy in a way that I didn't find fun. Yeah. I just thought it was funny. Honestly, I just was like, wow, bad acting. That's what I thought of it as. Oh, yeah. And honestly... I, do, I mean, no disrespect to the actor. Okay, maybe I mean some disrespect because I don't know how you can say this without being at least a little disrespectful. But my first reaction to him as an adult, especially because I knew that little me had such a crush on Brent. Uh, I just said his name and I blanked. Jonathan, Jonathan Brandis. <laughs> um, but I I saw him as an adult and I was like, oh, Bill didn't grow up well. Like he didn't, he, didn't work. I mean, also... He looks nothing like himself anymore. So is that really even Bill? <laughs> but oh, I kind of liked tail. him, but no, again, he didn't look like what you would expect that person would grow into. I really disliked the ponytail. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was the 90s, though. A lot of them were just showing up with weird ponytails and mustaches. <laughs> I was just like, oh no, the, uh, the mustaches. No, please don't. No. no. <laughs> like, haven't they suffered do... enough? <laughs> oh, it was a personal choice. Um, but uh, I really liked when Bill, once all of his memories start to come to him, and he's like telling his wife that he has to leave. And she's, like, basically asking a bunch of questions. And then she says something about going with him, I believe. Mm -hmm. And he, like, freaks out on her and, like, grabs her, I think. And is just like, no, you can't follow me. Promise me you won't follow me there, blah, 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 whatever. And he starts, his, like, stutter is really, really bad. And I really, really thought that was well acted because I, like, I felt the panic, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think... I think I'm going to try to point out every time something was really well acted because I don't think most of it. I, I, that's not fair. Most of it was probably well acted. It's just the script was what it was and they probably just did the best they could. Um, but there are scenes like this occasionally and he did a really, the actor did a really good job with that one because it, it was, I feel like that's the moment that felt scariest to me of the entire film. There were others to me, but yeah, it's the human urgency that makes it scary in this film because they can't yeah. really show a lot of violence or a lot of blood. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and sometimes they made up for that. They did. <laughs> I think they thought they were kind of making up for things by putting a John Ritter in the movie because I think he was a bigger name at that time. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think them using him kind of took me out of it. A little. Oh. Like, I didn't want it to be John Ritter. I wanted it to be a different person. And it's not that I dislike him as an actor. Oh. It's just, I feel like the other things I've seen him in make me look at him and it's just like, no, I don't feel like you're Ben. I feel like you're John Ritter. Yeah. Some actors are just too known, I think, to play roles that, you, like, especially 
like especially now I feel like going and like for me watching it for the first time but then for you and probably many others going back and watching the movie again the the this one um after watching the new ones I feel like we make connections more again I haven't seen it before but um the newer versions and I'm gonna not try to I'm not going to talk in too much detail about it, but I feel like I connected with the characters so much more in the 2017 It than I did with this one. But I also had expectations because of that, of these characters, which is ridiculous because this one came first. (laughs) But um, I had expectations. So yeah, John Ritter being... And I haven't seen the latest it chapter two, so I don't I don't know what that actor does. But like for John Ritter to be adult then doesn't make any sense to me either. No, I just keep thinking problem child, and I saw this one first. <laughs> I probably saw this one ten times before I even saw the newer it movies. Mm-hmm. So it's not as though my issue with his connection is that I'm just yearning for. Jeremy Ray Taylor or the really hot guy who plays him in each chapter two. <laughs> oh, sorry, hot guy. I don't know your name. I'm just going to call you hot guy. <laughs> hot guys don't have names. <laughs> but I gotta laugh at young Ben because uh-huh. LOL is this what the 90s thought fat kids looked like. <laughs> he looks yeah. like the most popular kid on the junior football team. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> he was so adorable too. Yeah. It it was like he had some like gentlemanly charm and he's I think he said he would, he had lived in Texas before. Uh, I might have made that up. I just had that kind of like image of him in my head that he was this like almost like southern gentleman, you know. He was an army was- brat. Yeah, so he was kind of from everywhere. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, how did that adorable Pugsley boy grow up into Al Borland <laughs> wearing a bolo tie? <laughs> like, he is sitting there, drunk off his ass, about to bang a woman. And a gorgeous woman with a great accent, Yeah, I would say. She was adorable. I loved her. And then yeah. he's like, I used to be fat. It's like, shut up. What, like, what's wrong with you? Who says that? What I love is that he was probably not much taller than young Ben was. So it makes no sense that that kid grew up to be the short man. I'm assuming, I don't know how tall John Ritter is, was, was, um, uh, but like, I can't imagine he's tall enough to be what that kid probably actually grew up to be. Like that kid's probably at least 6'1". You know? I don't know. That kid didn't do a lot more acting after this movie. He was on a handful of other things. And the most recent one was him coming out of retirement after almost 15 years to do a cameo in It Chapter 2 as a character who works with the new adult Ben Hanscom. Oh, that's great. I didn't even know that. I know. It's kind of adorable. You'll have to look out for him. Yeah, I will. I'm sure I won't miss him. Um, or I I might. I have no idea what he looks like as an adult, but I'll look out for it. <laughs> um, yeah, I I was so sad for 
Ben having turned into that as yeah. an adult. I mean, it it's not as if it didn't make any sense necessarily because like they had been through some shit, you know. <laughs> but I didn't like it. It made me sad. I, I wanted him better for him. I mean, I wanted better for all of them, but yeah, he's just made me really sad because it wasn't like other things were. Like for example, Bill was fine until he got the phone call. Yeah. So to see Ben suffering like this really hurt. I think what I really liked about young Ben and the way they portrayed him in this movie, Mm. in the books, he was kind of shocked that friendship would ever happen because he did move around a lot and army brats don't really get to make friends. Yeah. And it was such a big deal for him that they invited him to build the dam with them that he didn't even understand at first because Bill says, well, we're building a dam. We can build a dam. And he's like, oh, all you need to do is this, this. And then Bill's like, no, we do it. And he goes back like an hour into the movie later to do the we thing again because we is so important to him. And that made me feel for him so much. I know, I agree. Like, I loved the friendship building between the um, Bill, Eddie, and Ben in general. Just, I thought that was cute because it, like, it wasn't this big emotional thing like, oh, I've been through shit or like, you know, I've, I've moved around so I haven't really had friends. Like, because boys don't sit around and talk like that, you know? So if they had done that, it would have been really really unbelievable um but the way that they did it where it was just like oh cool we're gonna build a dam together and it's gonna be fun and we're gonna come hang out here and blah 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 whatever like it it was it was what you would expect of kids their age and it was cute to see them bond in that way over such a what I would consider as an adult like such a silly little thing you know like it wasn't like it was a big thing that they were doing but it was great I actually think that that was a really good setup for Eddie, too. Because mm-hmm. they didn't have to hit you in the face with it. The asthma versus in- anxiety disorder was set up so subtly. Because mm-hmm. he started having an asthma attack when they started getting bullied. Yeah. And then Bill went to get his inhaler. But when he became comfortable with Ben... By the time that Bill got back with his inhaler, he was fine until he saw the inhaler. And when he saw it, he started hyperventilating again. Yeah, they did a great job with that, too. I, in general, I think the, I'll say both um, adult and child Eddie actors did a good job with that character. And I think this is a thing that Maybe they didn't look alike. Maybe the reason I said that that was the one that I would believe the most is because they acted similarly to each other. That's true, they did. Like, yeah, I believe that it was the same person, even if they didn't look very much alike. At all. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I liked getting to see that Eddie was, like, you would expect him to be maybe the shyer, quieter kid, you know? Because he has the asthma and anxiety and clearly he's got a bunch of problems and all that stuff, but he's not, he's actually like, he was talking to Ben about a bunch of shit. And like, he talked to him about 
Bill, he talked to him about him, like themselves and whatever. And like, it was, it was nice to see him. He was like, basically what I imagined him as in my head was like, he's a little grown up already, you know, like yeah. he's kind of more mature than most kids his age. That's what I saw him as. Um, and it was played well. But yeah, the asthma thing was, asthma slash anxiety thing that you already explained was, I think that kind of shit is, like, we'll talk about parents some more, but, like, that kind of shit pisses me off the most with parents, like, Mm. that you have to do that to your kid or that you would do that to your kid is so frustrating. I mean, obviously, there's other parents in this that do worse things, but, but this is pretty fucking bad. It is. But I love the way they set it up without, like, in this movie, a lot of things are implied without them having to directly tell us, this is a thing that happened at this point. Like, they don't ever just sit there and say, well, I guess they do later on, but they let us figure out that he's not really sick. Well, he doesn't really have asthma. Yeah, he's probably sick. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But they let us figure it out before they have someone tell him. So they don't just have a person sitting there and, like, unfurling a banner instead of letting us have the journey. Yeah. And speaking of the journey, though, I loved the how all of the losers became friends in this. It felt very organic for them to kind of grow into each other because yeah. it didn't start off with being, like, oh, these people are really great friends, and then I guess more people come in. It's like they slowly come in and they kind of establish it not just as a full group, but also in little subgroups. Like, Richie and Bev were so consistently great together. They really were. I loved seeing their, like, interactions and... (laughs) I I love seeing when the fact that She's the only girl in the group, but you can tell, especially with Richie, that she isn't, like, a girl. You know what I mean? She's, I mean, they, I think they all kind of treat her a little bit differently because she's a girl. They're a little more careful with her, I'll say, Um, which isn't a bad thing, but, like, I don't think Richie ever does that. And that friendship between them, because of that, I think is what it is, because she, I don't think she wants to be treated as a girl with these boys well not most of them anyway (laughs) um but yeah I really I really loved seeing it they they made me laugh Uh, like I wanted that for her so much for her to have not just guy friends who she can trust you know because as we see throughout the movie men are not good to her um but to have that like it wasn't sexual between her and Richie no and it was like having a gay best friend. That's how I'll put it. <laughs> it was great. Well, and overall, in the entire group, I think they set it up well enough that you could tell me that two random people, any two in that group, were hanging out, and I'd believe you. Yeah. And it's hard to do that with such a large group. Usually there are some people where it's just like, okay, well, you're here because you're friends with this person and you're here because you're friends with this person. But if you two got left at the table while everybody else was in the bathroom, you'd just be sitting there awkwardly drinking your milkshakes, not looking at each other. Yeah. It never felt like that with any group in this particular 
losers club. They all felt very close. And I think that really helped it. I think in general, this movie felt like a coming of age story about a group of kids who beat a clown. It is not the clown's movie. It's their movie featuring the clown. Yeah. And you know what? And in that way, it didn't need to be a horror movie. Yeah. Which makes it better because if it was supposed to be a horror movie, then <laughs> like you said, I know that there are reasons why it couldn't be um, more gruesome and all that, but still, like, I would have expected a little fear. <laughs> but in that way, yeah, it is a coming of age story. It is seeing them grow together and for all of these kids who have troubled lives in their own ways to have somebody to trust. And I think it's especially good that they are like, especially like impressive that they were able to do the friendship thing with all of them because they easily could have had it be, because Eddie and Bill were already friends. Uh, Richie and um, Stan were already friends, you know? And then they all kind of ended up becoming friends with each other, but they already had a past, those two pairings. And then there was the whole crush with Ben for Beverly. So that could have been its own pairing. I'm not quite sure where Mike would have fit in. I feel like later on we see his friendship with um, Bill grow, but initially I'm not sure that it was like one of them more than the others. But like, I do feel like it could have been, we're all a group of friends, but we have these pairings and these are the people that we're actually close with. And to take that and still make it what it was where all of them were actual friends and they got along and they spoke to each other and they hung out um that's even more impressive that they were able to pull that off yeah they went out of their way to establish the group in scenes that Mm -hmm. had no clown yeah and i think overall that really helped me to feel connected to the characters yeah and not just the characters but their friendship itself yeah, I agree. Well, because also as the characters, when they show us their like home lives, we get to connect with them there. We do. I we'll we'll get through all of it. We we were talking about seeing them as adults and then getting their backstory. Um, Eddie's I felt like immediately like with Eddie's that his entire life had been basically in a pharmacy Mm. like that was home to him they knew him there (laughs) you know like they knew who he was they knew exactly what he was there for they knew who his mom was which was really important um and I think while there were like abusive parents in like physical abusive ways and like other relationships that were physically abusive that we'll talk about I feel like this type of abuse that Eddie faced was this is gonna this is probably gonna get me some shit but probably the hardest to get out of I guess I don't want to say it was the worst because you know you can't really compare but I think it was it is the most difficult situation to get out of because if your parents are constantly lying to you about whatever and manipulating you and all of that shit, it is it's gotta be so hard. I can't even imagine like not only coming to that realization of this is happening and then accepting it 
and then getting out of it somehow to get to that point of where you're actually going to get out of it and maybe break your parents heart or hurt them in some way or whatever like I can't even imagine what that would take well especially after he lost his memories though there's also that little thing of well why get out of it what else does he have going for him he doesn't have friends he doesn't have a family besides her he doesn't have anything that he's going toward so Mm. why make that big life change why even think about it being a lie to lose the only person he's got left yeah outside of his limo driver of course and (laughs) yeah i kind of thought that they were trying to imply something between him and the limo driver i did too (laughs) and i'll be honest i'm kind of here for it (laughs) yeah i i don't know i i mean i i would be too but we never see him again sadly so there's nothing more and it would be heartbreaking to think that there was anything there because then you know oh he leaves i'll just say it like that for now he leaves the earth (laughs) um (laughs) yeah i will say Um, though eddie's mom didn't want him showering after a gym with the other boys so he wouldn't catch their uh, germs but i mean spending the rest of the day stewing in your own bacteria is germs (laughs) so i gotta guess the germ that she was hoping he wouldn't catch is homosexuality yes absolutely it was god like as if school isn't hard enough for kids in general especially then on top of that to have this tiny little boy who is obviously picked on and so his life is already really difficult when he goes to school but then on top of that it's like okay so you have to just go around stinking all day i'm sure that'll help or the coach has to force you to take a shower on your own which means by the way he's going to be late to his next class so they're all going to find out what the hell happened there so like it's just everything was just adding on to how difficult his life was where it already would have been difficult without that shit you know what i mean like why add on to that to your kid i mean again so he doesn't catch the gay but still well i think that's a good point though to make him like the weird smelly kid but Mm -hmm. i think that's or thing that they set up really well in this movie these kids actually come off as being the weird kids that no one likes yeah they do i'm not really talking about the 2017 movie too much but i feel like they come off as losers by choice mostly that's i feel like that's today like that's just people today everybody's just like no 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 we're not cool we're like huh i'm it's so funny i'm a loser i'm a nerd i'm just over here being a nerd look at me it's like you have so many friends though you're constantly surrounded people by people and everybody loves you or they're marginalized for race or sexuality or something like that but they're not losers these people Mm -hmm. are mostly normal kids who don't have a lot of things that would get them marginalized people just don't like them because they're weird and like and i like that yeah (laughs) yep me too pennywise god i was gonna say it it also helps 
for like their friendship friendship building if everybody just doesn't like you because you're a little weird or whatever it is and then you all end up finding each other because of that that's really really believable yeah I mean that's not the only reason they find each other with some of them but still like that's why they become friends they're all the weird kids so it works yeah and it solidifies them way better um yeah. Pennywise's biggest scare of Eddie was kind of lame to watch. But it <laughs> uh-huh. probably would have been so scary to experience, especially yeah. if you're scared of drowning, which I don't know if Eddie is, but some people are. But it's like Yeah. It was scalding hot water. He was trapped surrounded mm-hmm. by the pipes and the water was following him. And when you're having either a panic attack or an asthma attack, breathing in steam is not helpful yeah so they ruin the terror of that by pennywise just kind of scooping himself up out of the drain and kind of leaning on the floor like hi i just wanted to introduce myself he's a very polite clown like i mean my name's pennywise he has my card Your your Pennywise impersonation will always be my favorite thing about Pennywise, I think. I think my Pennywise is like 90% Janice from Friends. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh. Now I want now I want that. Can can that actress like do a Pennywise thing? That would be hilarious. Uh, I'd love it. She doesn't even have to dress as the clown, honestly. Like just herself talking like she's Pennywise. That's all I want. Lovely. <laughs> well, she wears enough makeup. There you go. <laughs> but especially compared to some of the others of what they get, like, Bill gets his mm-hmm. dead brother. Ben gets yeah. his dead father. And that, that was... Oh that was chilling. God, it was that. not scary, but it was chilling. The it was way he started so shifting hot. more and more... When I started with just yeah. the balloons and then the pom poms on the military jacket, it was it was so heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking, <laughs> but it was also a really well set up scene. Mm-hmm. I love that scene. Yeah, I think it was great. They did a really, really good job. Like some of the shit they did with Pennywise was just so like the drain thing you just talked about was so silly and so dumb. And then sometimes they did things like that with with Ben's dad, and it was just like, holy crap! Like I would have been so scared as an adult if something like that happened, you know. And then the emotional part of it too, where it, like this boy loves his dad so much. Mm-hmm. And then there he is. And even though he's a smart kid, you know in his mind, he's like, this is impossible. My dad's dead. But he died in the war, so you didn't ever see the body. Yeah. So, and even if he had, even if he had seen the body, he knew for a fact that his dad was dead. There's that hopefulness, especially as a kid, but I think in general with people, when you just want so bad for that person to not be dead, Mm -hmm. that you your mind does like there is no more common sense you're just like no that's my dad look i see him look at him that's my dad you know yeah like bill with george yeah yeah uh like those were i think those are the hardest things like it coming to and we'll talk more about this we haven't really gotten to richie yet but it coming to richie as a fucking (laughs) werewolf 
And there's multiple things I want to say about that, but that's not as scary. Even well, Richie there. wasn't as scared. <laughs> so, but yeah, that was a good scene. It was. I think in general, this movie is better when it's doing a cerebral horror and less mm-hmm. good when it's going for actual horror. Because yeah. when it goes for actual horror, it's cheesy. When it goes for cerebral yeah. horror, you get that, like, chill up the spine. And I got that at mm-hmm. multiple scenes. I got that from this one with Ben. And I got mm-hmm. that from Beverly's bathroom. Oh, man. If we're talking about Beverly, we have to talk about all of Beverly. Okay. Um, everything having to do with Beverly. Sorry. <laughs> Not... That was very unintentional, what just happened there. Because <laughs> um, we, we meet adult Beverly, and she is at her job, which I couldn't tell you what she does. Something with fashion, I think, Yeah, she's right? a fashion designer. There you go. That's what she is. She's a fashion designer. And uh, we see her partner slash boyfriend at her job. I don't know what he does either, but something to do with fashion again. Um, but yeah, so they're there and we see them and immediately I hate him. Like from the first second, I hate him. Even if I didn't know that there was going to be more reason to hate him later. Um, he is very controlling immediately when they get like a phone call and she's saying, or they're telling her that the, the girl that comes in tells her that it's from it's from Derry, I think. Um, and I think she's basically saying that she'll take the call, right? I think that's what happens. And then the, the boyfriend is like, no, like you're not taking the call. And then essentially she goes against what he says in front of somebody else. And he tells her like, in like kind of a sweet way, I'll say, like in, in that like manipulative sweet way, uh, never go against what I say in front of anybody, essentially. Those are not his words, but that's what he says. And I was immediately like, no, fucking leave this man. Like, go, run, now. This is not okay. And when she turns, when he turns his back on her, she flips her hair back the way she wanted it, because he pushed it the way he wanted it. It's like, oh yeah, you go, girl. You're really sticking (laughs) it to the man now. (laughs) Yeah. But see, it's, in that moment, it seems like it's such a little like you're not actually doing anything thing but then the more you learn about their relationship and how abusive he is and the more you learn about his her life as a kid with her dad and how abusive he was I think what she did with the hair was and then even she even does this like mocking like face thing behind his back in the office but then seeing the abuse that she's faced, like, that actually was a big thing. Because if you've been abused, the smallest move against the person who is abusive to you is a huge thing. At least I think. Well, I think what's interesting about all of them is they faced the clown and won. And then they grew and, like, moved on to live very successful lives. All of them. Most Mm -hmm. of them are rich. Most of them are very successful. But Mm. they're all dreadfully unhappy. I mean, of course, except Mike, because he never left Derry. But all the ones who left have these great Mm. careers. And most of them, like, 
Bill is stressed out at work and he has a very strained marriage. Mm-hmm. Richie's been married four times. <laughs> Bev's in an abusive relationship with a man who's exactly like her father. And Eddie still lives with mommy and is taking like 10 pills a day that he knows he doesn't need. Yeah. And Ben is. Ben just won an award and he broke it immediately because he was so unhappy that he was just completely <sighs> drunk. Like, even yeah. the gorgeous woman that he was with was not making him happy so yeah yeah, they all grew to be successful but none of them were actually having good lives they were just pushing everything down and yeah then there's bev who thinks she's happy with this guy who later on threatens to beat her with a belt for having a male friend yeah and you know I'm going to say a couple of things about that. One, I I think it's, uh, and, and I'm going to be very, very careful with my words here, but I think it's okay to be in a relationship with someone and not want that person or not feel comfortable. I'll rephrase, not feel comfortable with them having friendships with people of the opposite sex. I'm one of those people. I don't like it. I don't feel comfortable with it. There has to be a very special circumstance and I got to meet the person to trust it and be comfortable with it that is a personal decision but you do not get to force that on the other person and say i'm not okay with it so you have to stop being friends with them you could say i don't feel comfortable with it you know and let's talk about what we can do you know and then and then let the person decide what they want to do i don't think so on that part i'm going to say i don't think it's wrong to feel jealous but to do i mean not only is he abusive, but the way that he is abusive, I think this was another one of those scenes for me that was just like, holy crap. I wasn't scared, obviously, but like, it was very real, I'll say, because he, him taking the belt out, like, you don't usually think about like abusive husbands or boyfriends or whatever going, okay, I have a special belt that's in this like little drawer or whatever it is that I'm going to pull out and you know exactly what it means. But he did. Yeah. Like, she knew what was coming before she even saw the belt. You know what I mean? But and yeah. if she knew what was coming before she even saw the belt, why did she say, oh, my friend Mike who called? Like, yeah. Melissa's a name too. Yeah. If you know you're dating an abusive guy and you're going to meet another guy, any other guy, just say you're meeting a girl. I'm not blaming I, I, her no, at all. I know. <laughs> but I am saying for someone who's used to being abused, I'm surprised she hadn't learned to lie. Yeah. Well, a couple of things. One, maybe she thought if she lied and then got caught, it would have been even worse. And two, I don't think she was very smart. (laughs) Like she was successful and she was probably very smart at certain things, but I don't think she was, she came off as kind of a little bit ditzy to me as an adult. Yes. So I wasn't that surprised by that. But seeing that belt scared the shit out of me. I haven't been physically abused by anybody my entire life. I want to make that clear. And it still scared the shit out of me to see that man pull a belt out and snap it. And I was just like, oh, my God, the level of control you have over this woman is terrifying. I'm glad the scene didn't go any further than it did. But the length that it went was enough to give you that feeling. Yeah. 
And then I'm really glad to see that she finally did stand up for herself. I mean, finally, after all the years that you know that she's been dealing with this kind of thing, um, it's not like we got to witness all of it, but she does stand up for herself. And I like that it was basically like, no, these are my friends and I have this connection to other people. I have a safety net, kind of, you know? Mm -hmm. So that is what I, at least I think, made her brave in that moment. Whereas however long she'd been in this relationship, she clearly had never stood up for herself. And this was the first time she did it. And all it took was a phone call from an old friend. It gave her a place to go and I feel like a purpose and something to do. And then I think probably hopefulness that if she does go back here, that she has people to rely on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, because she had the whole thing in her bathroom where they cleaned it up for her and then it was a big like togetherness moment. So. Mm -hmm. Well, and I'm also imagining that once those memories come back to you and you start to remember like, hey, we once... Uh, fought a fucking clown creature thing together this human man standing in front of me is nothing <laughs> you know what I mean like they might have also done that to her like made it like I can I can do this I can fight him and he's not gonna get to do this to me anymore because I've done all this other shit as a kid mm. you know either but way yeah, that bathroom scene was full I'm glad we don't see him <laughs> again and me too. I what chills me about the bathroom scene mm-hmm. it's not that the blood came out of the drain it's not the voices of the dead kids and I like that they named them yeah and that she just kept getting more scared based on every name mm-hmm. but the creepiest part of it to me was when she freaked out and her dad came in and he couldn't see it yeah. And then when he was trying to admonish her about worrying him, he raises his blood-covered hand and, like, rubs it on her cheek, not realizing. Yeah. That creeps me out. Mm. I think, in general, I had a thought, I had this thought of it, like, because I remember thinking, like, why would she, like, the dad can't see it like why would she clean it up and then I was like oh yeah because that's the bathroom she has to use and it is covered in blood that only she can see and unless she wants to you know brush her teeth and wash her face in it every day she's gonna have to take care of it well then she pretty much has to anyway because Pennywise burps or something and it all comes back (laughs) well when you burp up you know children sometimes that happens I guess Um, (laughs) all the carnivores now Poor Pennywise. <laughs> I feel bad for him now. Um, no, I don't actually. Uh, but yeah, that that whole scene was creepy, and I think that's that's the scene in which we see the actress who plays younger Bev doing such a really good job. Like when she's freaking out, and she's like, she like sits on the floor, and she's like, yeah, Duh. it's yeah, it's really good. It is, and I think of all the actors in the movie, she got me most. As so far mm-hmm. as making me really feel things and feel scared. I'm going to say I agree. Um, and I think Bill did that as like young Bill did that one other time. Um, I don't think Jonathan Brandis was a good actor 
I don't remember him in other things, but I don't think he was a good actor in this. However, when he cried, I believed that he was crying. So <laughs> I, I will say that. Yeah. Yeah, like it was very real. And that's not, I'm imagining that's not an easy thing to do, especially as a kid, but he did a great job with it. He did. Um, and I think I've only ever seen him in one other movie with like Schwarzenegger. And I haven't seen her in anything else, but she played Becky on Supernatural. So you'll have to tell me if she's still a good actress or if it was just this movie. Becky. Oh my gosh. Okay, I have to go back and... Wow. Okay. I didn't know that that was her. Yep. Holy crap. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, I was going to say something else, and now I'm, uh, like, I'm totally you. blanking. Because, yeah, I'm like, oh my gosh, my worlds have collided. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Oh, the acting and all that. Um, I well, You said, um, like, that she made you feel things and whatever. And I, I think Bill did that. And I'm going to say something probably a little strange. But I think Henry Bowers made me feel a lot in this, too. And I'm not sure what order to go with it because it's more about older Henry yeah. than younger Henry. But we'll have to talk about him. Oh, we'll definitely get there. In both, yeah. Because <laughs> I think it all built to what I felt, even though it had to do with him being an adult. Uh, now we're on to Richie, though. And mm-hmm. I think adult Richie was the best child-to-adult counterpart in this movie by attitude. Mm-hmm. Like, him kind of being the Conan O'Brien of his time was a perfect mm-hmm. translation from what he was going to be from being a kid. Yeah. I agree. It, it made sense, and even though, again, there was not a similarity at all in how adult-to-child, like, physical appearances went, um, the attitudes were great. That Again, I believed that, that the adult was Richie, just based on how how much of an idiot he was. <laughs> and I mean that with so much love. <laughs> yeah, and like, I think this was before my time of crushing on Seth Green, but he's so mm-hmm. dorky and I enjoyed him. Yeah, like, I feel like everyone's had a crush on Seth Green at some point, and I'm not sure why. Like, why does everybody have a crush... At some point or another, on Seth Green. Somebody because he's Seth Green. Um, Good reason. When they're getting introduced, Beverly says that Richie will drive you to the nut house and back, but he's okay. And his response of, hey, I heard that you skirt, is <laughs> adorable. Uh-huh. I love that attitude about him. Mm-hmm. But I will say, old Richie was still funny, but also kind of cheesy in a way that really overlapped with Pennywise's sense of humor. (laughs) (laughs) And I found it really odd that in a scene, you could take if you, like, disguised the voice, and you were like, which one was that? It's like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I honestly can't tell the difference, yeah. Well, Richie has, I think, the most fun scene with Pennywise, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I think I had seen that before. You probably had sent me that clip before of him in the library. Yeah, in the library. Um, 
Pennywise is the least scary consistently when it comes to Richie. Yes, but because are we yeah. talking about the library scene now? Yes, we can. What I think was scary about it, because mm-hmm. Pennywise was not scary. It's very overacted and overdramatic from both of mm-hmm. them. Yeah. And especially when Harry Anderson's Richie starts having an open panic attack and trying to yell over the screaming voice of a <laughs> clown that no one else can hear. Mm-hmm. But the part that was chilling to me was how absolutely stoic all the extras were when the balloons of blood were popping in their face. Nobody even flinched. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. nope, that's the creepy part. The creepy part is watching these people not notice. Yeah. Yeah, I think the, I think like the, I guess the normalcy of the background characters was constantly terrifying. Yeah. Like terrifying might not be the right word. And I feel like I've used it 80 times. Is that my new badass? Um, But yeah, it's, I don't think it was like, oh my gosh, I'm so scared. I'm going to have nightmares about this. But it, it was, what's that word I'm looking for? That's like, it's kind of like chilling, unnerving. Yeah, that whole thing. It, It was it shouldn't have been as big a deal. You know what I mean? Because nothing was happening pretty much. And yet it was, it it was really scary. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to have nightmares about the werewolf in the basement. Are you? I don't have a basement, so I'm lucky. That thing (laughs) looked like a big wolf on campus shitty. (laughs) It, okay. Here's my problem. My biggest problem with that. I don't even care if it looked scary or not. Because, like, for example, a spider is always going to be scary to me. The spider in this was scary to me. Or scary is not even the right word because I, I don't know if I'm scared of spiders. But, like, I would be of a giant spider, you know? Uh-huh. It, it creeped me out. I'll say it like that. It's always going to creep me out. That spider did. The spider in Harry Potter. There are multiple spiders, actually, in Harry Potter. And they always creeped me out. And they were always probably pretty hilarious to everybody else if you were not scared of spiders, you know? Uh-huh. So even if the werewolf looks ridiculous, if you're scared of werewolves, it's going to be scary. My problem with it was in the movie theater, when they're watching the movie, What what is it? Um, what's that movie they're watching? Whatever it's called. I haven't seen it. A generic um, werewolf movie? I don't know. I, I thought it was a, an actual, like, known, like, Uh, Anyway, it doesn't matter. It probably is, but it doesn't even matter what it is because that's not the point. When they're watching the movie, Eddie looks actually terrified. He is so scared of this movie. He's just trying to get through it. He's just sitting there constantly squirming and trying to, like, not watch but also watch, you know? He is actually scared of this movie. Other kids in that theater are clearly scared because all of them are yelling. Richie is not scared. Richie looks like he's waiting for a moment to either scare Eddie or to, like, tease him. At least that's what I thought. So when they then turned his big fear that Pennywise is using to get to him into the werewolf, I was like, that doesn't make any sense, though. I don't get it. Because I legitimately thought he was just waiting to make fun of Eddie and how scared he was. Yeah, the werewolf thing really didn't come through, and I think, I think there was a scene where the Pennywise became a werewolf in the book, and they were just like, well, we want to do that, because he did it in the book, and we don't want to think of a different one, because he did it in the book. 
But oh. if you're going to do something that someone did in a book, you have to set it up. Even if you don't set it up exactly the same way you did in the book, you still have to set it up somehow. But I feel yeah. like even in the movie, they knew there wasn't enough setup because they stayed with it being a wearable for about three and a half seconds. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it's like they couldn't come up with anything else for Richie. <laughs> so they were like, well, he has to be scared of something, so we'll go with it. Yeah. That's what I felt like anyway. Yeah, but they should have we'll come take... up with something. Mm, yeah. But that took work. True <laughs> enough. I love Richie, though. He, as an adult and as a kid, I loved him so much. Everything about that character was enjoyable to me. I also thought, we, we talked about it with Eddie and his limo driver. I don't know who he was to him, but that man that works with Richie when he's like, saying like I don't care about the shows figure it out I'm leaving the that man says something to him along the lines of how like it's always been them together like it's me how are you gonna do this to me how are you gonna just leave me like this blah 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 whatever and he is so like heartbroken that Richie is just like I don't give a shit I'm leaving that he stomps upstairs and like to his room because he just doesn't even want to look at him anymore and I thought I thought either that was going to be, like, a relative of his in some way, so that would have explained the closeness, you know, but also Richie's response to him, or that they were trying to build something there as far as the relationship goes. But that's what it came across as, and we never see him again either, so <laughs> there's yeah. no way to know if it was or not. But I think that was the only time that I didn't like any part of Richie. Because I was like, you don't have to be such an asshole. I get you're scared and shit, and they, you can't explain this to him, but you could be a little nicer. Like, he's trying for your career's sake, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, have we, we need to talk about Mike. That's right. Never mind. Uh, we do need to talk about Mike, and we also need to talk about the Bowers gang and Stan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe oh yeah, we didn't talk about Stan yet. Oh, yeah, maybe talk about Stan. maybe Stan first. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about Stan. I feel like I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Well, let's get there. Let's talk about Mike. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, young Mike is weirdly obsessed with death and all of the bad things <laughs> that happened in the history of the town. Yep, and. It's so bizarre in a really funny way how he's oh. just doing this little presentation to introduce himself about how all of these people died in all of these <laughs> big accidents and everyone in the classroom is just watching him like you couldn't have just brought a lizard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even the teacher is just like thank you for that horrific history or whatever. Like what's wrong with you child? Exactly. Uh, I think my favorite thing with young Mike is when when he meets them, and we'll talk about that a little more, but he, he has a camera with him, and he decides in this moment he's going to take a picture of all of them as a group. And, like, he gets the – he says, 
oh, hang on a sec or something. And he pulls out his camera and everyone's like, oh, oh, the picture or like a camera or whatever. And they all go and pose and they get into these pose positions. And I thought it was the most stupid but funny and adorable thing ever. Because here's all these kids. They're like, oh, cool, a camera. Let's go pose for it. And I know that it's because we're so used to cameras and pictures and all that that it's not a big deal to us and it would have been probably back in that day uh, in the day but it was just so cheesy it and was. i enjoyed it <laughs> now what i thought was the funniest about young mike oh. the bowers gang who look like oh. knockoff t-birds the entire movie <laughs> they do they've got him into a building outside of a store and Henry threatens to put, and I quote, a rocket in your pocket. And it's the <laughs> cheesiest threat I've ever heard. But I feel like that's Henry. It's the worst. In this, in like in a nutshell. <laughs> but yeah. But he gets away and he's running from the Bowers gang and he has to jump over a fence to get away. He oh. prioritizes pushing his murder picture book and his satchel underneath <laughs> the thing before he climbs yeah. over it to get away. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, they were about to blow you up with a cherry bomb. But, you know, yeah. your satchel. Real important. Obviously. <laughs> yeah, it, they made some interesting choices, I feel like, throughout the movie. I also thought it was interesting, though, that there was a man who worked at the store or whatever across the street from them uh, when Henry and gang were, like, threatening Mike and had him pushed against the wall. When he, like, yells across the street at them to, like, leave him alone or whatever, I was surprised. I didn't expect... I didn't expect any of the adults to do anything good in the movie. You know what I mean? Like, to actually help the kids. Because we see before that or maybe it's after that I can't remember when it is exactly but we do see like for example when Henry and gang are uh at Bev's house and they're being really 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 disturbing with her in that scene um there's a man across the street I believe who just like looks and then walks away now that's something and, I'd like to talk mm-hmm. more about actually because oh, well then we will yeah there's a misdirect when all of the gang is playing in the barrens and they've got the dam, an mm. officer comes up and when Bill is trying to tell the others about how George's photo album started to bleed, mm-hmm. uh, that feels real dumb to say, but it happens. <laughs> I thought for sure that was Pennywise not wanting him to tell them or warn them or something but Uh he came in and told them stay together don't let anyone wander off while you're playing down here don't ever come go alone it seemed Mm -hmm. like responsible advice and also like something the clown would not want and also like something they probably should have remembered to do later even when you're (laughs) playing together go in twos or threes but we'll get there Mm -hmm. but (laughs) I am of the belief now that that was a real person because he had them do a hands-in swear to take care of each other because of the uh, danger. Yeah. And he didn't have to do that. In fact, 
we're told later in the movie because they've decided the entire town is just infected by Pennywise and that's why all the people look past the bad things happening and why uh-huh. the teacher ignores Mike's morbid presentation and why the neighbor <laughs> ignores the Bowers gang trying to violate Bev. But yeah, see multiple times that that's not the case because that officer warns them that business owner stops them from blowing Mike up. The woman yeah. at the library brought Richie some water when he was having that panic attack. Uh, yeah. The pharmacist, Mr. Keene, tried to help Eddie when his mom was getting him drugged. Mm-hmm. So it seems like the issue is way more of a gray area than just like, oh, well, the clown hypnotized everyone without bullying, which makes me way more interested. Well, it makes me wonder if it was maybe they weren't as like maybe it wasn't a hypnotism thing which makes me hate the adults even more with very few exceptions you know where like they weren't hypnotized to not react at all they were just like too scared to or something you know what i mean either like, too they were, scared to or just so burnt out that they yeah. just were letting things happen but yeah it seems to me at least not to be a, oh. uh, the clown made us do it, but a personal yeah. choice that every individual got to make or not make in those moments. Yeah. And to blame that on the clown, it might be the culture of the clown, mm. but it wasn't the clown directly. That was just your neighbor not giving a fuck if they yeah. did that to you. Well, Bev also lives in a really shitty area, right? Yeah, like, they say that it's the cold neighborhood. Yeah. And so maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe them knowing who Bev's dad is has something to do with it. Because, like, they clearly hear that man yelling at her. She, he, like, runs out after her and, like, yells on the front porch about whatever. Like, basically threats, I feel like, at her. So, like, the neighbors know that that is not a good man. That there's he's probably abusive if not that they know for sure that he is you know um so they know so it's possible that they look at her as already being i'm gonna call it slutty because i can't think of a better word like they assume that she is you know or that they're not going to interfere with something where that is that man's daughter because they're like I feel like some people are that way where it's like, oh, but he's abusive of her. I'm not going to step in because if he's abusive of her, what's he going to do to me kind of a thing? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it might be that, but then, yeah, it doesn't explain everybody else (laughs) in that way because they're not all in poor neighborhoods. But like, it's a very, I think the adults in this, in, in this movie or in this town are scarier than Pennywise. Yeah, and I actually think it being a personal choice is what makes it scarier. Because yeah, exactly. if it's not their choice and it's all just based on being under some kind of thrall of the clown, then mm-hmm. everyone's a victim. Yeah. But if it's their choice and they're just saying, I don't want to get involved, then they are part of the evil, even if they're not of Pennywise. Yeah. Yeah, well, adults suck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel like I feel like adult Mike 
was I saying something? I feel like I was saying something else leading up to that. And then we got off on a tangent. Oh, well, um, <laughs> I don't remember what it was. So it doesn't matter. Uh, adult Mike was the most level headed of all of them. And I expected that role to be Bill's because like when they were children, it was, you know what I mean? Like he was the one that was like leading the way and making the plans and hold hands so we don't get separated and blah, 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 all this stuff. So I expected it to be him. So I, I thought it was interesting that it ended up being the person that stayed in the town because he kept all of the memories and he was the one putting all of this together. Um, but that it went from Bill to Mike. But then we see later, and I know this is jumping, but we see later that they tell Bill that he has to like get a hold of himself because he has to be in charge. Like you're the one leading us. I know that Mike's not there for that, but um, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I like that it's the two of them leading, but that it's clearly Mike that's more knowledgeable and in control than Bill, even though it seems like it's Bill that's the one leading them. Well, if that makes it sense. was maybe younger, not so much when they're kids. It was younger Bill yeah. leading them, but especially yeah. when they're older. Mike mm. is the one who does have all his memories, but he's also not well. He tells a story about when he goes to get the silver earrings that they're going to use to kill the <laughs> infinite murder clown. Mm-hmm. He goes in because they left them in the sewers the first time. And mm. when Bill is just like, why would you go into the sewer alone? I was pretty sure it was sleeping. It was probably a suicide Uh, attempt. I wasn't doing so well at the time. Yeah. And I think that them setting that up with him looking so much older than the rest of them and them implying that it's because he stayed in that town and went back in those sewers was Mm -hmm. a really good touch. Yeah. But, like, he wasn't okay. No, he wasn't. He was just more level-headed than the rest of them, I feel like. And that's probably just because these memories were not coming flooding back. He never lost them. Exactly. Or I feel like he he probably... I, I don't know if he still would have kept his memories if he stayed in the town. Or if the only reason he didn't forget it is because he was writing them in a diary. I have to point out that it's a diary. The voiceover reading the diary entries or like as he's writing it was so cheesy. I hated the I diary. I hate voiceovers. I hate voiceovers in general. Oh my gosh, I'm getting flashbacks to the Terminator movies. Like, don't do voiceovers. It's just the worst fucking thing. You'll ruin your movie. Well, they are forgetting each other now, but I want you to know that they loved a lifetime. Oh, God. <laughs> Let's not go back to those movies. Please, please. We, no. we finally got through them. Let's... Okay. Anyway, but yeah, I. it's not that Mike is well, but like he's he's more in control I feel like he's ready to fight Pennywise and the rest of them are just like what the fuck's a Pennywise oh yeah I just remembered that my baby brother got murdered (laughs) let's not do this I want to leave yeah I don't think Bill says he wants to Uh, leave no Richie Richie and Eddie yeah Richie says that in every scene like can we leave now (laughs) yeah I can't blame him. I mean, I, I would probably do the same. I'm not sure I would have ever shown up. No. Which, God, that was, that's almost leading us to Stan. It is leading um, us to Stan. Let's, let's do Stan. 
okay. Young Stan is the Vilma of this movie. <laughs> He's so cute. He is adorable. He's such a nerdy little adorable thing. His outfit in the cafeteria scene. He's wearing slacks with suspenders, a button-down shirt, and a bow tie. And I think it's so funny <laughs> because that look came back. <laughs> and if you saw somebody wearing <laughs> that did. now, you'd just be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and they wouldn't be the nerdy kid. They no. would be the cool kid. How have times changed so damn much? Yeah. But he's the one who is just like, it's not empirically possible. There's no such thing as ghosts. And he's also the one who is the most mentally broken when he finds that worldview challenged. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna go into my favorite quote because it has to do with that. Are we gonna have the same favorite quote? I bet we are. Oh, goody. (laughs) Is it Bill? Yes. (laughs) Okay, yeah, we are. Do you want to take it? Uh, sure. But we're going to start before the quote. Okay. Because they're sitting there, the entire group, and they're looking through Mike's murder photo album. Mm -hmm. And they start seeing drawings of Pennywise the Dancing Clown from hundreds of years ago. And Mm -hmm. that's not possible because they've all seen Pennywise recently. And then the book starts to become possessed, you know, like books do in this entire movie. And it flips to a photo of a street carnival that starts to play a video of Pennywise walking down the street doing cartwheels and backflips and performing for them. (laughs) Jumping up onto a light post and like doing a ta-da motion. Yeah. Then coming closer, growling at them, threatening to kill them, and say every bad dream you've ever had. And it's like, oh god, that's so cheesy. Like <laughs> they're not gonna be afraid of you, Pen. Yeah, you got to come up with better lines, dude. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the reaching through the book for them was a little bit better than that. Yeah, but they slam the book closed and freak out, especially Stan. And mm-hmm. he's just is yelling, no, and everyone is just going, yes, back at him until he yeah. cracks. And he's like, yes, okay, if that's what you want, yes. And Bill responds really sarcastically, like, yeah, that's what I wanted, you turkey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I wasn't around in the, what, what, what year is it set in the 50s, 60s, whatever the fuck it is. I wasn't around then, but is turkey an insult back yes. then? Like, <laughs> Yes, it was. I love it. Gobble, gobble, motherfuckers. Oh, God. That's the tagline to Thanksgiving. <laughs> what the fuck is Thanksgiving? What um, just happened to this entire episode? Uh, it's a movie where a turkey kills people. This is a Halloween episode. If you want to <laughs> you bridge your Halloween into your Thanksgiving, go for Thanksgiving. <laughs> You know what? While we're at it, if you really enjoy that, go watch the episode of Bob's Burgers in which there are, I think it's called the pecking order or something like that. I don't know what season, but there are killer turkeys in that as well. Oh my God, how common is this? It's a Thanksgiving episode. They probably did it because of that movie you're referencing, actually. Are turkeys assholes? Because they do that a lot. Yeah, that's why we eat them for Thanksgiving. Well, like I know dolphins are assholes, but turkeys? (laughs) 
Okay. I don't know, but I want to call you a turkey all the time now. Jive turkey. To... <laughs> you you know jive turkey. Uh, I know jive turkey. Is that an insult though? Yeah. yeah. Right. That's a compliment, isn't it? Oh shit! I don't know jive turkey for shit. Then no, I thought it was a compliment. Insult. I thought it was like, oh, like you're a cool cat, like like that. Oh, Never mind. All right. I Never love mind. that. I know. That was Bill's reaction. Yeah. I just the in general, I love that scene because even the whole like yelling, no, yes, no, yes. I was just like, okay, guys, all uh-huh. right. I'm done. I'm done with this. And then he says that, and I am not kidding. I had to rewind. Like, did you just say that? Did this really just happen? Because I feel like I dreamt it. <laughs> and no, yeah, he actually says it. I laughed for like 30 seconds because I had forgotten that that happened. Mm-hmm. I remembered the scene in the book and not the uh, novel, the picture book that came to life. And. Yeah. I love how unafraid the clown was. He was so unafraid that he put on an acrobatic show for them. It was like, ta-da, clap for me. Why aren't you clapping? <laughs> yeah. Like, are you not entertained? Yeah, that's what he really wants. He just wants you to be entertained. But that led to another of my favorite suspense moments in the movie. Okay. Mike is sitting there remembering all of this in the library, and when he kind of comes back to himself, he sees that the door is open and that there are muddy footprints leading to him. And he slowly turns to see probably what he expects to be the clown next to him, and there's just a balloon there, and he stares Uh, at it and it pops. And I loved the creepiness of, that is a have you checked the children kind of creepiness because oh. it's like, I could have killed you, but I didn't. Yeah. And I just want you like, to know that. Okay. And that, and that was creep. That was a creepy scene. That was really, really good. However, I do have a question Yeah, because I feel like I missed something with Pennywise. Probably not because as we've talked about it, like he is not good at what he does. I was gonna say at his job. I don't think it's a job. <laughs> He he wants you to be scared of him, and then he eats you, right? It's that it's that simple, isn't it? Yes. Why the fuck does he keep scaring all of them when they're on their own, and then just leaving them alone? He tells Henry when Henry's in the nut house later on that mm-hmm. he can't get them if they're in certain states of mind, like they have to believe a certain amount in him for him to get them, which is why he needs Henry because Henry can kill them no matter what, because he is corporeal. Yeah. So it's just like, I can't kill them unless they completely believe in me and they don't completely believe in me yet because they're stupid memories. But but when they're kids, though, don't they? Well, yes, but I think there are certain times when they're kids that oh. he actually does try to kill them. And then there are certain times that he doesn't, and I'm not quite sure why. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, we don't really see him killing others except for Lorianne at the beginning and then Georgie, right? I think those are the only two that we see him kill. Yeah, it's implied that he killed many more, yeah. but we don't see a lot of them. We see a lot of their bodies near the end. 
but we don't see on screen. We see missing posters or we hear on the news that somebody is missing, but. Yeah, and see, if it was just Lorianne and we hadn't even seen the Georgie scene, I would have thought maybe he's been appearing to Lorianne multiple times too, and that would have been even have explained why she was so scared because he's just shown up and been nice and made him made her believe and then left in the last second when she started to get a little scared or whatever and then came back, you know, um, to make sure that she fully believed. But with George, we know that this is the first time because of what Georgie's reaction to him is and the whole, like, I'm not supposed to take things from strangers and they introduce, or he Pennywise introduces himself and blah, blah, blah. So clearly this is the first time Georgie's ever seen him or it. Um, so, like, I'm wondering if it's just because Georgie and maybe Lorianne also were younger than the Losers kids and that's why it's easier for them to believe, you know? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it, it was very, very confusing to me because I was like, you have them. They're terrified and they're on their own. Why aren't you killing any of them? And it, it, to me, it was just like, ah, oh, so the movie can continue. <laughs> but I think it's like, implied that because the seven of them are together the way they are, mm-hmm. they have some kind of like a sonic shield over each other, even when they're not directly together based on their faith in one another or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that might be it. No, love will save us all. Yeah. Is that what it is? Awesome. <laughs> well, love did save Stanley in the uh, haunted oh, house. Okay. Oh, uh. <laughs> We've talked at length about Evil Dead. Yes. Stan, pull the Cheryl. When you hear a weird, creepy, disembodied voice saying your name from a weird-ass place, don't go. Uh (laughs) And, like, according to Bill, he assumed that there had to be a rational explanation for whatever was happening in the house. That's what Stan supposedly told him. What if the yeah. rational explanation was that some pedophile wanted you to come to their house? <laughs> or that the Bowers gang was calling you so you could come and get, you know, your throat cut or something. Yeah. Like, stop going places just because you hear demon voices. Advice for all of you. <laughs> stop it. Yeah, good advice. Important. Um... I do enjoy, though, that they, like, the whole thing with the um, the officer had already happened, where he was like, yeah, promise me you're all going to stay together or whatever, right? That had already happened before that scene with Stan going into the house. It's hard to tell because of the... Oh, that's right. They're going back and forth a lot. Yeah. Okay, so it might not have happened, but, like... I, I, okay, I think it was cute that he was sitting there being a good little Boy Scout and... (laughs) First of all, he's like some sort of a fairy tale princess because he's sitting very close to this bird while he's recording it in his book. And then he gets up suddenly. And I don't know if you've ever tried, like I've tried this, not tried, but I've been really careful with squirrels and birds. If they're in my backyard and I want it, like I'm going to get up to leave. I try to do it as quietly and slowly as possible so I don't scare them off because I don't want to interrupt what they're doing, you know, like or scare them. He just gets up suddenly and he's just like, huh, what's that noise coming from the house over there? I'm going to go. And, like, the bird still is hopping around and having a good time. So, clearly, these birds love him. Um, It didn't even need a weird, creepy, disembodied voice. Like, 
all it needed yeah. was to just like make a bird and fly into the fucking house. <laughs> uh, well, you know what's good about that though is that while he is the more rational, like there's a good explanation for this kid, he still is a kid. And so he's not making smart decisions. Yeah. You know? So that's that's really good. Otherwise they would have made him too much like an adult and it would have like I wouldn't have believed it. What's still a kid. weird for me is that his fear was basically a mummy clown. Mm-hmm. All of the clown accoutrements were still there, but they were very mm-hmm. old and very dusty and decrepit and faded. But the uh-huh. face was covered in bandages, and I didn't get what that was supposed to be, or what it was supposed yeah. to be in reference to, but it looked good, so I'm not mad at it. Yeah, I think that was the one thing they did really, really well with, as far as the, like, different clown, the different things the clown turns into, because some of them are just ridiculous, and they look funny, but that one was actually really good. Yeah. It was probably easier to do, I imagine, but it was still good. I I enjoyed I enjoyed him being the like rational kid because it didn't get annoying. I feel like they could have made it really annoying if they kept going with it. But he was just quietly sitting there going, No, I'm sure there's an explanation. That's not possible, blah blah blah, you know? Mm-hmm. So he didn't become an annoying. I don't think any of them ever, as kids, at least to me, I don't think they ever got annoying. No. And I maybe if the entire movie was just them being kids, they would have. But I like that he was able to switch from being the one who was skeptical to being terrified. The most scared out of all of them. Yeah, and mm. sadly, that's what really fucked him over in the end because Mm -hmm. he had to have tasted better but also he was like hanging around in the back just when they went into the sewer hanging around in the back just waiting for something to pick him off from behind and it (laughs) happened to be the bowers well and that's the thing is like you guys are so stupid why are you so stupid you know that you're like there's so many times in the sewers or whatever when they're um when they're deeper in um where bill says like okay take hands so we don't get lost take hands so this doesn't happen make a circle blah 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 and it's just like okay so when you're going through the tunnel why not pair off i know there's an i think there's an odd number of them why not just have three of you hold hands and then the others of you pair off into twos and like you know what I mean like so you don't get separated <laughs> from each other uh-huh. it was really frustrating that they didn't do that and I was like but honestly I wouldn't have expected that it would have been the Bowers gang that would have like gotten Stan well they didn't either but it was yeah yep um I thought that Pennywise being made solely of light coming at them from beneath the floor grates was a little bit lame. Mm-hmm. It was. <laughs> and watching the bodies of the Bowers gang get pulled into a pipe by the lights was <laughs> cheesy and it was stupid, it was but it wasn't bad. Like, it wasn't cheesy in a way where it's just like, oh no. It was 
it was it was funny, funny. yeah yeah <laughs> my favorite thing that happened in that sewer though when they had gotten sand back and the clown was coming at them as a beam of light above them mm-hmm. they say oh join hands and then immediately drop hands because it's too white and <laughs> after it passes over their head when all they did was lay on the ground and try not to look directly at it Richie goes what was that it did we do it it's like did you do what <laughs> lay on the ground and do nothing yes you did that well done applause oh yeah well I don't know why they thought what they were going to do was going to be successful in the first place with the whole, like, silver thing. Like, oh, yeah, this will for sure defeat it. it. It will. It's just going to. It's, like, based on what? You don't know anything about this clown. You don't know that silver's going to do shit all oh, yeah. to it. Like, silver is great for werewolves and shitty for vampires. Mm. So, like, this creature, you have no idea... But I think the point of it is, and it's the same reason the battery acid inhaler trick worked, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what you do. You could hock a loogie at it and it would work if you believed your loogie would work. Oh, yeah. So it melted because of the inhaler that was just flavored water. Because yeah. Eddie believed that that inhaler was going to do something. If he didn't believe it, it would have done nothing, which I think is probably what happens later on with the uh, inhaler and the giant spider. He didn't believe that time that the inhaler was actually going to hurt it, and therefore it didn't. But when he was a kid, he believed fully that that inhaler was going to do something. Yeah, that makes sense. Well... I'm going to I'm going to rewind a little bit and I'm going to be talking about Henry here but it's not in depth because we're not done talking about Stan yet but in that same scene where cuz Henry gets Stan and then Pennywise comes to them and then I think it's is it Belch I believe that gets sucked in through the pipes yeah and his body bends that whole thing happens and they're they're laying there watching that happen and then um I believe after Stan gets away what is my favorite thing happens in the sewers um the lights or whatever get henry and the way they want us to see that they've like taken him like he belongs to pennywise now i guess is by giving him this like 80s bleach blonde hair that is like it's i i think it was longer I mean, his hair was styled a certain way when he, before that, but, like, they just, like, the way that they did his hair was my favorite thing. It was so, like, it was one of those, like, wait, what What did you just do to him moments, but also it looked really, really funny it and did. really great, and I enjoyed it so much. But I think that's what they were, the same thing they were trying to sell with Mike, where he had the gray temples so suddenly, mm-hmm. and he looked so much older. Being Mm -hmm. exposed to the lights like that ages you in a way that other people aren't aged. Because Henry was in their class. I can't imagine he was more than five years older than him, than them. Yeah. And at the end, he looked like double their age. Yeah. 
Well, he did look double their age in the end, but in that scene, it just, it really did look like they were going for like 80s rock and roll. Like, I don't even know, I can't name a person to compare him to, but that's what it looked like. And I thought it was great. But I, yeah, I get, I get that that's what was happening, but I do enjoy that the teacher, um, since you mentioned his age, I like that the teacher asks him how many, how, like how much longer they're going to be together, basically, like how much longer are you going to be in my class? Because, you know, I'm a teacher. I feel that way. I hope I don't have to have my kids in my class for that long. Some of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did think it was funny that they were doing their hand holdy circle in the mm-hmm. sewer and everybody kept getting tempted by their loved ones and everybody like at first bill thinks he sees georgie and i'm sorry but georgie looks more like eddie than bill so their mother might have a little <laughs> bit of talk to do. but oh no first there's yeah. one arm georgie and mm-hmm. bev has to say that's not your brother and then immediately in the exact same yeah. spot, it turns into her dad. She's like, Daddy? It's like, <laughs> how stupid are all of you? Stop it. Yeah. But. Well, and, and then it becomes the werewolf that goes up to Richie. Uh-huh. But at least it moves. And Richie yeah. himself is like, I said that you're fake. So yeah. stop touching me, fake thing. <laughs> But it isn't fake because somehow, even though their hand holdy circle is magic or something, <laughs> it manages to get in. And I'm sorry, Stan, can you not tell the difference between Bev's hand and a glove? <laughs> He's, it's a glove. It's an adult-sized glove. Yep. And both yep. Bev and Stan cannot tell that they're holding the hand of a clown. <laughs> Maybe it's just really sudden, and then that's when she, he says Bev, and then realizes that's not Bev's hand. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, like, th- I think, though, that they did a really good job with building up Stan's fear, mm-hmm. because it he's the last one to see it, he's the last one to believe that it's happening, and when it happens, it's so, so scary, because it's so sudden, like, because he's already heard everybody else's stories, whereas everybody else is having their own experiences without knowing anybody else is or knowing what the hell is going on. But when Stan sees it, it's they've already talked about, like they've already seen the book and they've already like started to freak out about it. And then he sees it and it's got to be even scarier at that point. You know, there's no explaining it away. Well, um, and so, yeah, they built that up really well. And then not otherwise uses just that. that. But Mm -hmm. everybody else saw the clown. And according to Eddie, Stan said he saw the real thing. He saw the the dead lights and he wanted to be there. Yeah. And I think while everybody else saw the clown or whatever else it wanted to show them, they didn't see the lights in the same way. They saw the Mm -hmm. weird light that passed over them, but that was Mm -hmm. not the same as seeing the light that Henry saw. And that's what mm-hmm. Stan saw. And yeah. Henry was fucking insane after seeing it. Oh, 
he was, I, I, I think we still have to talk about Stan a little as a gold Stan, but I am going to say I love villains in movies and I don't give a shit what anyone says. Henry's the villain in this movie. He is one of the villains, but I also mm. kind of feel bad for him. I do too. He confessed to those murders while half out of his mind and like yeah. suddenly very aged. And they were just like, okay, that checks out. And locked him in a yeah. mental institution. And all of the people who knew that he didn't do it just left him there. Yeah. And while I wouldn't want to stick my neck out for somebody who tried to, you know, violate my body or just blow me up with a cherry bomb, <laughs> I do understand why he would want some revenge against those motherfuckers. Yeah. Because it's their fault that well, he was there in that sense. Yeah, and I, when I say I love villains and that he is the villain, I agree. I felt so bad for him, and we'll talk more about it, but, like, I tend to feel for the villains. I always, like, if it's a good, it's a well-written villain anyway, there's always a backstory, even if you're not told all of the details of it. So, yeah, we'll come back to him. <laughs> um. It sounds a little odd to say, especially because this movie is so cheesy, but Stan's mm-hmm. bath was handled with a lot of class. Mm-hmm. His, I like that his clothes were neatly folded, placed on the, it was like, he didn't leave a letter, kind of, I guess, because he wrote it on the, but, um, on the wall, I mean, but like, it almost felt like that was his letter, if that makes any sense. Like, that was his goodbye, I guess. I don't know. It, it was, like, it was so him that he folded his clothes carefully. Yeah. Before killing himself. Like, I, I can't even understand that. I barely fold my clothes ever. <laughs> but, like, I can't even understand that even on any level, you know? But... It was, he was so methodical, I think is the word I'm thinking of. Um, yeah. About what he did there. and It really showed his character because that was who he was. Yeah. But his poor wife, they were just um, talking about maybe having a kid and then he kills himself like a half hour later. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I really think... Like, they didn't, I don't think they gave us much on anybody's, like, wives, girlfriends, boyfriends, whatever. Very little about them as people, Mm -hmm. you know? But um, they did do a really good job of making me think that their relationship was adorable, Stan and his wife. Um, It was really cute. They were sitting there, she's folding clothes, they're watching TV. I think he was reading while they were watching TV, he was doing something else while, while they were watching TV. And they had this very, like, comfortable, been married for a little while, we are used to each other life. You know what I mean? Like, it it felt very comfortable, but also happy. The And that's the irony. Mm-hmm. Everyone else was successful but miserable. They really mm-hmm. seemed like they were happy and mm-hmm. moving forward with things. And... Yeah. It didn't seem like Stan had ever really forgotten. I don't... No. I think maybe that was it. 
that he had seen the lights and that was always in his mind. So he didn't oh. have the dairy curse of being unhappy and being successful but sad and not being able to have relationships with people. It's just he yeah. had the curse of someday I'm going to cut my fucking wrist because they're going to call me and yeah, I can't go. Yeah, I think he go. knew that. Yeah. Yeah, he was waiting for it. I just, I think he was expecting it to be later maybe or not realizing that that time had come or whatever, you know? But I do think that he he knew that that was what was going to happen yeah. because it was so, like, he had a plan. He knew exactly what he was going to do when this happened. Yeah, and when Mike calls, he didn't sound mm. the way other people sound or it's like, who? Yeah. He, he was just like, was. what? Because, like, mm -hmm. he knew exactly what it was. He just was not ready to know. Poor guy was just trying to fuck his wife. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> and and then yeah that 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 scene with the wife finding him was I don't think it was particularly well acted necessarily but I think it was really it was hard to watch it was and they didn't milk it too much they mm -hmm. spent just enough time with it for you to know what happened and for you to experience the sight of it but then it was done mm -hmm. And yeah. that's where the first part of it ends. Yeah. They've made the promise that they're all going to come back if it's not dead. You know, you can't say no, can you? Really? <laughs> you made a promise, can't break a promise. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> he probably could have just, you know, not gone instead of killed himself. But Well, and here's the thing. I feel like all the rest of them are like either have a real reason to go back. Like, I think Bill had forgotten his brother, and once he remembered it, the memories came back when Mike called him. There's no way he could have said no then because the guilt came back. Um, Bev had something to run away from. Ben hated his life, so he was going to go back. Um, Mike was already there. Uh, who am I living? Oh, Richie. Richie is the only other one that I'm like, I'm surprised you went back. And it was probably because he really believes in, like, I made a promise to my friends and I'm going to stick to it, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Or it was always his intention, like, I'm going to go back to see them, but I'm going to come back. I'm not staying there. This isn't happening, you know? So well, he was just going to go back for that. And Eddie's whole thing Eddie. was, yeah. I've never loved anyone but you guys, so of course oh. I'm going to go. Oh, that that hurt me. My, like, oh. It hurt, oh. but I also didn't need it at all. He's like, I want to confess in front of this pile yeah. of corpses that I'm a virgin. And it's like, thank you for that. I, you know what? I at least thought the confession was going to be that he was gay. It, I really expected that. Yeah, but it was 1990. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was 1990 and it was 1950s. So... Probably well, not gonna happen. But see, no, that's why it would have been it, as Jim. It, oh no, it was the 1990s. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah, I got you. Because they were adults, adults. already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So like, even I guess even in the 90s, but like having lived the life he lived, I felt like that would have been better than I'm a virgin. Yeah. Because that was just kind of lame, and then. the placement of it didn't make sense in the movie. Yeah. I do enjoy that Richie's response is, I can't help you there. Well, you could, <laughs> but maybe you won't. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, not in, not in the freaking sewers, you won't. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> but we're a little premature for that because the second part of this movie starts with Bill in the graveyard visiting Georgie mm. and Pennywise with seven freshly dug graves. Uh, yep. And he taunts him to say, choose any one you want except that one it's already taken and bill doesn't know at the time but pennywise is already taunting him over stan's suicide yeah and it's so I good felt it really was really good i thought they could have taken that a little further to bill basically saying like i don't understand why well like what does this mean because like everything pennywise has said to you guys means something bigger you know what i mean like you would think he would realize that, and with um, Stan being the only person that's not there yet, that he would have been like, we need to call him again. We need to make sure he's okay. You know what I, I mean? I think if they had replaced the cross on top with a Star of David, mm. it would have sold it and, like, made that, that make more sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But eventually, when they find out that Stan isn't coming that's hmm. when bill goes back to that moment in his mind and places it but yeah. he doesn't place it at the time and hmm. we don't need him really to place it at the time i think no i i just i just wanted them con like continuously throughout the movie as kids as adults didn't matter i just wanted them to start realizing that what pennywise says to you what he does whatever everything that happens means something bigger and I want you to start realizing that yeah. and trying to connect things. I mean, not to say that there was anything he could have done with that because Stan was already dead. But still, you know. I'm going to say, though, if the first part of this movie, everything we've talked about already was the coming of age story of these children growing up and defeating a, a demon clown, the second mm. half is Pennywise's movie. Mm. Yeah. Because there's not a lot of group time. There's not a lot of more bonding. They don't feel like the Losers Club anymore. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of time spent with individual Pennywise jabs. Yeah. Um, the main bit of bonding group time was Bill and Mike and the cheesy bike scene <laughs> i loved that so much I though it was it. very cheesy i loved it <laughs> only because remember earlier i was even saying like i'm not sure who mike really had a closeness with uh -huh. when they were younger and we were like pairing i was par pairing them off and stuff i i didn't think he was particularly close with any of them like he was close to all of them you know um and i really and maybe it didn't have to be the cheesy bike scene that's not the part of it that I was like, oh my gosh, I love that it was this. Um, but I needed Mike to have that connection with somebody and I was glad that they gave it to me. I didn't care who it was. It didn't matter if it was Bill or anybody else. It would have made no difference to me. But I really liked that they gave us that because otherwise Mike was the only person that didn't have one of them that he was closer or close to, you know? Yeah. It felt kind of like a time kill to me, but them 
Because that's what they really needed. It was a time kill. An hour and a half movie here, an hour and a half movie there. <laughs> well, it was on network TV. They couldn't just say, well, this is how long we want it to be. They said, this is how long you have. That's true. But <laughs> what are we going to do with the extra 15 minutes? Exactly. Uh, have them ride a bike. <laughs> I thought it was cute that they went between video of them as kids and Bill letting Mike ride his bike or maybe teaching him to ride a bike. I don't know. Yeah. But. It it did, it did also drag on for a while. I also didn't understand because Mike says that he went out and got the whatever to like fix the bike, whatever that stuff was that he got like a month or something before he found the bike yeah and a part of me went wait what the fuck did pennywise plant that like what was the fate oh god i like the pennywise thing better i want pennywise to be like oh let them have this let them have some fun i like fun they like fun let them have fun and then i'll eat them (laughs) yeah Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Ben scene of him seeing mm. another not that fat kid getting chased uh, yeah. down by some bullies and him yeah. cleaning off the kid's knee with dirty ass corpse water. <laughs> like, there are corpses in that water, Ben. Even if there weren't corpses in that waterbed, it's disgusting dirt water. Yeah. What are you thinking? (laughs) Now, they did do the Ben's father thing again, but not as good. Oh. Tell me, because I'm blanking on that. When he's down by the place where he had initially seen him, instead of it being uh, the visage of his father... It's the skeleton mm. that had attacked him. Oh, yeah. And it's the voice of his father plus the voice of Pennywise. And mm. it's not as good. Mm-mm. And the homeless man jump scare is <laughs> also not that good. But Not that good. I love that homeless man, though. Okay. In Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn. Ash sees the drawing of him on the pages of the Necronomicon, kind of gets the heebie-jeebies, and goes, it felt like someone just walked over my grave. I assume that was just, like, a weird Ashism because he says things. But then now in this movie, Ben gets (laughs) jump-scared by the homeless guy, and the guy says, hey, who walked all over your grave? Is that a thing? Is that, like, a thing people say? I didn't even know, like, jive turkey was an insult, so don't ask me. I don't fucking yeah, know. I didn't know that that was a thing people say, and then <laughs> in the past few weeks, we've had two movies where people said that. <laughs> Is it a yeah. thing? Well, comparing this to the, to the Ash movies, though, yes, the Ash movies, um, also um, the skeleton. The skeleton in this could have been from the skeleton from the... Um, Evil Army of Darkness. Yeah, it was just as bad. (laughs) Yeah, it was like it was. It felt like it was supposed to be that funny. Yeah, and I don't think it was in this. (laughs) Is something Um, that was actually good though? Yeah, Bev going back to her father's house. Yes, it was set up beautifully from the beginning. 
just in the way that when she was looking at the nameplates, the different mm. colored paper and the broken down nasty doorbell for the one mm-hmm. that she was going to press versus the other two that were a different clean paper and nice mm-hmm. doorbells. And that one was the bad doorbell. And already something yeah. was off about it. And this, that setup was such a nice touch. It really was. I love that she went back there and I'm not entirely sure why because like she doesn't know her dad's dead right no but I think she she wanted to like confront her demons so to speak her personal ones not you know the clown (laughs) not the Pennywise ones um I yeah she I like that they made her brave enough to do that so do I I thought it was funny, though, that when she went to the bathroom to freshen up, the first thing she did was plug the train in the sink. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, and I think the old lady, she's like, she's in there for, like, five seconds, and the lady is like, did you fall in? I'm like, dude, you no. just told her she can go freshen up. She's not in there for five seconds, though. She has, like, a time lapse in her mind. Because you see, the sink that has That's been true. dripping is completely full now. That's right. So really, and we have she no even idea. Has that realization, yeah. Mrs. Kirsch slowly morphing from that nice, lovely old lady into her father's mm. decomposed corpse, with the teeth and the slurping, and then finally shifting all the way and looking up at her, was the best visual in the entire movie. Yeah, I love how slowly yet suddenly it happens because everything is normal. And then, I mean, except for the little details, like you already mentioned with the doorbells and stuff like that, but everything is normal. This woman seems like a really sweet woman, right? Mm -hmm. And then she brings the tea out and then the tea is blood and the lady is, and, she, and at, at that point, I think Bev sh- still thinks it's just in her head or she's seeing it and no one else can. She, st- she doesn't have any clue that the lady has anything to do with it. And then the lady's like slurping up the tea and, oh, it was so good. It, that's another one of those like tingly scenes for me where I was just like, not good tingles, bad tingles, yeah. um, goosebumps everywhere. It was really well done without requiring too much I feel like I don't think they like oh did it over the top which I think that's what it is whenever they're they don't go over the top with things it really works yeah and it's just so odd to me that this scene was made by the same people who made the Richie in the library scene (laughs) but yeah the insult to injury of this whole part is that after Bev crosses the street and almost gets hit by a car, she turns around Mm -hmm. and sees that the house is completely boarded up, so she couldn't have even been in there. Yep. And that is such a weird thing. It's the cerebral horror that I was talking about. They are not going to scare you, but they're going to make you have that mindfuck. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's, I, I like a movie that messes with your mind. And again, we talked about this with the Evil Dead movies, where it's just like, it was creepy to watch him like, go crazy, basically. Yeah. And that's what this feels like. They're all slowly going crazy. 
and like it's hard to tell what's real and what's not real for them as well as for us as the viewers and I really enjoy that because it's not going to give me nightmares I'm not going to stay up at night going oh my gosh I'm like scared of this movie but it is in the moment very very creepy to watch it is I'm going to say something that's a little unfair I think uh oh Audra (laughs) is my least favorite character in this entire movie Oh, that's going to be very interesting. I'm going to let you explain that. And then I'm going to tell you who my least favorite character is because it connects. I don't think she did anything wrong. I don't think she did anything specifically unlikable. Uh It made me sad to see her throwing her career away to go and support her estranged husband who moments earlier was making out with another woman. Yeah. I, I just didn't like her and I didn't need her in the movie. Like, I don't think her being in this movie added anything to this movie. I think it added time to this movie. I think it added <laughs> some real cheesy moments that I didn't like and didn't want to this movie. Mm-hmm. I agree on that, definitely. <laughs> I will say, though, I did like one of the scenes of her Mm -hmm. Uh, when she has gone to get Bill from Barry and she's driving into town and she stops at the motel Mm -hmm. and he is basically pretending to be Pennywise is pretending to be the orderly giving her directions at the hotel. Yeah. And he says to go past the barons. And she says the barons to clarify. And Mm. in Pennywise's voice, he goes where they used to play when they were kids. And Uh, it's so great because that is it really is. Yeah. I, that was a good scene. I didn't need her in the movie at all either. I was very indifferent to her as a character because she was never great. She didn't give me anything that I needed that I could have gotten in a different way. Like, like I was saying, I really liked how Bill panicked and like she was there for that, but he could have panicked alone. And it could have been equally um, good. So I didn't need her there. But because she was so useless, I guess, I didn't care one way or the other about her. Like, she didn't, like, I didn't like or hate her. It was, it was easy to forget that she was even in the, had ever been in the movie. Whereas, like, the girl with Ben, I don't even know if she's given a name. She might be. I don't care what it is. It doesn't matter. But she was so fun that I will always remember that she was in the movie. I'm never going to be like, what girl with Ben? I think the problem is the girl with Ben was there for part of his setup and that's it. Uh Audra took time. Yeah. There were scenes of just Audra talking to a guy that she worked with. It's like, I don't need Uh this. I I do not fucking need this. Especially because he was a creep too don't need it. Yeah, he really was. Yeah. I don't need I, her coming to Derry and getting an international flight. I don't need 
her getting saved and Bill making 8,000 stupid decisions because the wife yep. that he was estranged from and didn't give two shits about yesterday is suddenly here. Um, yep. And I didn't need them to have the Spielberg cheesy-ass ending <laughs> with her. She stole yep. the ending from the losers. She the did. ending I- should have been and I know I'm getting ahead of myself here, but them sitting on the bank of the, like, when they're all, they've all made it out in one form or another, and they're all just kind of standing there in the sun, catching their breath and being depressed. That should have been it. It should have been about the losers. It shouldn't have been about Bill and the woman that isn't the last woman he kissed. Yeah. I agree. And you know what? I will say I'm pretty sure that my least favorite character was because of her. Because my least favorite character was Bill. And it's possible if they hadn't given her a wife, him a wife, I wouldn't have hated him. But I didn't I didn't care about him as an adult. I really, really didn't care about him at all as an adult, and that's horrible, but I didn't. I think he the whole time I was like speeches mm. as an adult. He what, sorry. He gave a lot of speeches, but he wasn't nearly as compelling as he was uh-huh. as the younger Bill. Yeah. And I also both Bill and Bev go real low in my book, him lower. Because she left an abusive man. As far as anyone is concerned, she is single at this point. Yeah. He is married man. That was not a friend kiss. No, absolutely not. And for him to suddenly, after that kiss, start doing all of the like, oh no, my wife. It's like, yeah, oh no, your wife yesterday, prick. Uh, yeah well and also about the kiss when the kiss happens their reactions are very very different to it because she is very shocked by the kiss so she didn't I don't think she went in for the kiss I'm not excusing her for doing it but I also do think a she's out of the relationship she was in b she's a woman who's been abused her whole life I don't expect her to make logical decisions when it comes to relationships in general. Okay. I But yeah. I think she did go in for it. And I also think for some reason adult Bev was like weirdly horny in this movie. For all of them. Yeah, like there was <laughs> nuzzling. She was nuzzling Ben's hand at one point like a baby kitten. And it's like she stop was. it. No, I don't I it do not weird. like well, based on what you've told me about the book and what happens with this entire group and the one female when they are children, thank you, Stephen King, for writing that. God, you're horrible for that. And thank you, actually, thank you to the movie creators, as far as I know, all three of them, for leaving that shit out. Well, I don't think yes. legally they're allowed to film <laughs> a child gangbang. 
I'm really hoping that none of them had to even find that out or research that because I'm hoping none of the adults who decided to make these movies went, huh, I wonder if we can get away with that. No, I hope they were like, yeah, leave that shit out. That didn't happen. Moving on. Don't even mention it. Don't talk about it. Pretend it wasn't a thing. Let's just move right along. Yeah. Because it's it's not okay, Stephen King. It's not fucking okay. Um, but, um, okay, whether she chose to or not, it's like, for me, and I know you said, like, he's more to blame anyway, it's like, the other woman isn't the problem. Your man or the other man isn't the problem. Your woman, whoever it is, the person that's doing the cheating on their spouse or whatever, that's the person to blame. Her kissing him back is not okay either, but he is more of an asshole about it than she is. No, it's not her job is... to protect your relationship. Exactly. Yeah, and he, she clearly is not in a relationship. She's not going back to that man. She, she like threatened him and punched punched him what did she do she hit him somehow anyway so she's not going back to that man she's come to the realization of i can't do this but what i also really really dislike about bill i mean she he's useless i don't like him i don't care about him as an adult on top of that he starts to care about his wife once bev and ben have their thing going Mm. So it's like, oh, okay, I don't have a chance at that pussy anymore, so I'm going to care about my wife now. I also hate the entire Bev and Ben thing. It's gross. It feels Uh like it's not real. It feels there's no chemistry between those two actors. I agree. And young Ben was kind of like your heart felt for him in that relationship plotline. Old Ben was so desperate for this woman to want him. Like, he had yeah. no motivation for anything aside from that pussy. It made him uh-huh. so unlikable. Uh-huh. I agree. I just, the my heart felt for young Ben so much because that one scene where um, Ben, Bev, and Bill are together and Bev is staring at Bill as he walks away. I think it's like when they split up and he's going home. Um, and then it's just Ben and Bev standing there and Bev is just staring off him after bill and ben is saying goodbye and she barely responds with a goodbye basically and he starts to walk away and then he turns back and looks at her again and he is such a complete gentleman about it a and b he is so sad about it that i was i like i wanted to hug him and be like it's okay baby like you'll be all right it's fine yeah are better anyway but i do like <laughs> Not, and that he doesn't that act. wasn't even enough no, she wasn't. But I do like that he doesn't act like he's entitled to it. Where it's like, but I really right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and like I, I agree. As adults, they were there was no chemistry, and I didn't need that. But I wanted baby Ben. I mean, baby Ben to have it, so I was okay that he got to as an adult, even though. Yeah, I don't. I didn't like him particularly as an adult (laughs) i think the scene at the restaurant is the best they did at showing their group of friendships rekindling as adults and i would have liked to see more of it because Uh as adults that group had less chemistry than they did as kids and i Uh think part of it is because richie and eddie still had their bickery fun chemistry that they had but uh-huh. Bill was just like hangdog sad the entire time. And uh-huh. Bev did not. Older Bev had no personality anymore. She was just horny. 
And all Ben had was like, girl, 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 girl. (laughs) So they didn't have that group chemistry that the younger actors had together. It was just like Richie and Eddie were having fun together. And sometimes they would pull one of the others in here or there. Yeah. But most of the others just wanted to have their soap opera. They did, yeah. Um, the fortune cookies. They, grew up. they did. Oh. The fortune cookies ranged in effectiveness. Some of them were lame and some of them were glorious. Oh, I know that you in particular had fun with the fortune cookie, at least one of the fortune cookies. <laughs> I hated the eye, but I don't think the <laughs> eye was the scary one. The chicken fetus was the yeah. scary one. Yes, absolutely. And I didn't understand it because I felt like everything else kind of had a reason, at least somewhat, like of why they would do it. Who got the chicken fetus? I'm trying to remember now. I think Mike got the chicken fetus. Was there a reason for that, at least in the books? Uh, I can't remember one. I know he farms. Um, Yeah, maybe that's what it was. I don't think there was in general a big reason for anything mm-hmm. like if they got the spider leg because it was a giant spider they got the pincers because the giant spider had pincers mm-hmm. but i don't know why there was a chicken fetus yeah i don't either but it was creepy it bothered was. me a lot to see that i was like no, no, no. those poor Please people stop. at that restaurant were like is there a problem because <laughs> they're screaming <laughs> yeah well, yeah, I I enjoyed that. I think it continues on to the hotel a little bit. The like them kind of hanging out, at least between again Richie and Eddie, because they are able to actually enjoy well, being near each other again. Whereas everybody's like, no, adult stuff, adult stuff. They go to the library <laughs> first, though, and the, that's oh, important library. because my favorite Richie and Eddie scene happens in the library. No, oh, is that the, this is the brother I never had scene? Yes. He's like the brother I never had? Yeah. They're calling Stan on the phone to find out why he hasn't <laughs> shown up. And it's like, think of the thing that just happened to you at the Chinese restaurant. And then think about why Stan hasn't shown up. Just think a little <laughs> bit. But yeah. Richie is draping himself over the table, yelling about how if Stan doesn't show up soon, he's going to kill him. And he's mm. screaming these Pennywise-like jokes. And Eddie... <laughs> just holds up a silence placard in front of him (laughs) and goes, shush. (laughs) So cute. It was adorable. And them finding out at the exact tail end of that scene that Stan killed himself Mm. and seeing Mike's face fall and then everyone who's watching his face fall. And it's so perfect the way they set that up. It really is. I like that it went from we're drunk, we're having a good time, even though the thing happened at the restaurant with the, all of the fortune cookie things, um, they're still, like, having a good time and whatever, and then suddenly it just ends and to see the heartache on everybody's faces and also the fear, I feel like, because it got to him, and they're all scared, too. Yeah, and that made it real. 
Although, of course, they can't just let a scene be hard-hitting and they have to, to stand severed ahead in a mini-fridge. Oh, God. So bad. So cheesy and so awful. Why did they do that? Yeah, like, they could have just ended it there. It didn't have to continue on. They should have. Though, I did enjoy the indoor monsoon that happened afterward. Yeah. And... The best adult Richie and Bill moment immediately after. Oh, which one is that? I wonder if this is going to be my other quote. Oh, you take it then. I don't know if it is. I can't remember where my other quote happened exactly. Okay, um, (laughs) Pennywise has helpfully, because Bill is afraid, to to help Mm. him, of course, typed out, Bill's stutter phrase, it thrusts its fist against the coast and still insists it sees the ghosts over and over on a piece of paper. Uh And Bill starts trying to say it and then manages to get out, my mom gave that to me to help with my stutter. (laughs) This is the one I'm talking about, yeah. Oh, you can go ahead. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that happens. And then Richie being Richie... I think that's the part, right, where he says, no offense, pal, it ain't working. Yeah, and then he blows him a kiss. Yeah. (laughs) Bill's reaction to that, that just, like, bark of laughter was the most endearing adult Bill ever was. Yeah, I agree. It was... uh, That, and then I think there was another part where, um, where I actually liked him. Oh, no, this was younger. Bill, never mind. What he says, basically, it's always Richie and Bill that I enjoy Bill most, though, even as a child. Because Richie is such an asshole, but Bill is also Bill, like, especially as a younger kid. He's, like, the, like, leader, kind of. He's, like, in charge, so he's not gonna take your shit. But, like, he's he's basically telling Richie to please shut up. And Richie says, you know, you don't stutter all the time. And that's great, too. And because, like, his reaction to Richie is fun to watch as an adult and as a, as a child. Yeah. But, yeah, I like that he was able to say, no offense, it ain't working. And it calms Bill down. Yeah. And then they just immediately are like, okay, suicide forgotten. Let's go. Um <laughs> We don't. We didn't need Stan. I love that it's like it has to be all of us. Sorry, I interrupted you twice now, but but I love that it, it's like oh, it has to be all of us. We have to stay together as a group. And then it's like Stan's dead. I wonder if anything will change. No, nope, no, nope, we're not going to wonder about that. We're just going to continue on. Yeah. Uh, they go back to Henry and the mental institution, and um, they give him Belch, and they do. I feel like a pervert because Corpse Belch is, like, mildly hot. <laughs> <laughs> He's giving me Rufio vibes, and you know. Oh, I know. Unfortunately, I know. Um, but <laughs> you know what? Dead Belch was enjoyable. Alive Belch, I hate it. Yeah. I don't understand, though, why Pennywise was able to kill the orderly at the mental institution. Yeah, I don't either. Because that would imply, if he's saying he can't kill the losers because they don't believe enough, that would imply Mm. that the orderly completely believes in the clown and knows Henry's innocent and is leaving him in there anyway. And, like, no wonder that guy's fucked up. Well, maybe... 
they've seen shit like this happen with Pennywise in the mental institution before because, you know, if adults, like some of the adults are seeing things and not doing anything about them, if some of the adults are seeing things and then trying to do something about them and then getting caught because Pennywise eats kids, not adults, then maybe that's where they end up. Like the ones who are aware of Pennywise and tried to say something about it get sent to the nut house. You know what I mean? Um, So maybe they have seen some shit having to do with Pennywise and they are afraid of what might happen to them if they admit anything. Because they work there. They don't want to be behind the bars there. That is a good point. uh, Henry, I, I feel so bad for him he is so broken adult henry yeah and to see what he was before as a kid and then like hate him as much as you want i know that he's the bully i'm not saying that i support what he did or what he said or any of that shit but he had so much life he was funny like he bantered with his teacher and (laughs) i i I took a note of when he, basically he had Eddie's um, inhaler and because he was looking for, uh, I think he was looking for Ben still at that time, Henry was. And so he throws the inhaler back at Eddie once they are like, yeah, no, we haven't seen him or whatever. And they just like, before Henry's about to run off, he actually gives the inhaler back to him. I wouldn't expect that out of somebody who is actually trying to kill anybody. You know what I mean? No. Um, but like he had a lot of life in him. He was funny. He was not a if good they person. could make he was not at all a good person, but if they could make a bully enjoyable to watch, that was him. Yeah. And then to take all of that life away from him and turn him into the very, very old man in the nut house who is so scared of these people who are in charge. It it was so heartbreaking to watch, even though he wasn't a good person. Well, he deserved something, but he didn't deserve what he got. Yeah. Uh, maybe jail. Yeah. Maybe juvie. You know, that's that's a thing. But not, not the nuthouse. Yeah. So he goes to kill them all, as he's told to do. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And we go back to our morons. They don't Uh understand the concept of don't go alone. After everything they saw and everything they knew, Uh Bev decides she's cold and Richie's cold and Eddie wants to brush his teeth or something. (laughs) So they go upstairs and Bill says, stay together. Because he is understanding that something bad will happen. And their idea of stay together is go into three separate rooms with doors. (laughs) on the same yep. floor and meet back here in five. And doesn't he say leave your doors open or something? Yeah. Like that's that's gonna do anything. Like what is that gonna do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know the you know, Pennywise the clown who is also not just the clown and he's all powerful and shit. He can't just close a door Never. or anything. That's not that's not gonna happen. Um <laughs> But if they had just all three going to each stop together because what else were they doing? Really? Like, what time yeah. were they saving? It would have mm-hmm. potentially stopped Mike from being stabbed, and it definitely would have prevented Ben from finding out what dead children taste like. 
<laughs> oh, poor Ben. That was so That was an awful funny. trick. <laughs> it was. It was funny, but it was such an awful trick because, again, my heart goes to baby Ben, and I wanted him to have just because he, as a kid, was, like, he was so great then, you know? Yeah. Um. And then to have it be a trick was so sad. And then we see it later when he thinks it's a trick again. He can't feel the difference in his arms. (laughs) Between when it shifts back into the clown. And he has to look into the mirror to see it. And the line of the century, kiss me, fat boy. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh, man. Like... Yeah, it was ridiculous. We gotta imagine that Bev has to be an awful kisser, or maybe <laughs> Ben is, for him to just be getting that kiss and be like, this feels normal. <laughs> well, you know, Ben was always drunk before, so who knows? Maybe he is an awful kisser, and he has never actually felt a kiss before. Not properly. Yeah. And then Mike gets stabbed, because, yeah. shocker. Henry also knows how to use doors. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Them. Uh, I feel like they should have been. Again, I know he bullied them and was an asshole. Again, I'm not trying to make it like I think that Henry was a good person or whatever. But you would think, and maybe not in that scene when he's you know stabbing Mike and trying to kill them and all that. But you would think that they would have been more understanding of him and his mental health. Like, they could have said something. They could have, but because of what he had done to them before, like, why would you stand up for that person? Yeah. You figure, well, now I'm doubly safe because he's not here either. Mm. Yeah. To be fair, I don't think Henry was ever mentally okay anyway (laughs) so he probably at the very least needed a therapist or something and some drugs but Mm. anyway but yeah poor Mike gets stabbed when he didn't have to if they had just fucking stuck together like their plan supposedly was exactly and then Bev and Ben decide that the perfect time (laughs) to do their grand romance (laughs) plotline complete with the swelling background music is while he's unconscious in the hospital room but Mm -hmm. Then there's Bev, and this is how you know it's actually Bev and not Pennywise. She starts having this, like, sobby girl freakout, and she goes, why is it doing this? Why does it hate? Why is it so mean? (laughs) It's so pathetic. It really is. And, like, even Baby Bev wouldn't, or not even, Baby Bev wouldn't have done that. She wouldn't be sitting there like, but why? Why does it hate so much? Like, no, Baby Bev was like, this thing, yeah. Baby Bev was like, this thing is evil and I'm scared and we need to do something. Yeah. And like, yeah, that was stupid. The setup of them reconnecting was so terrible that I felt nothing for their romance. I I agree. I cared none. Yeah. I, I will say I'm glad it was them and not Bev and Bill. Or maybe it would have been better if it was Bev and Bill. Then Audra wouldn't have been there. We wouldn't have gotten that into I think maybe they set up actual reciprocation better with Bev and Bill. 
I don't think they ever set up that she liked him back. Ben yeah, liked her, true. but when mm-hmm. they were kids, they never set up that she liked him back. And then when they were adults, they never really set it up again. Mm. Yeah, she was friendly. She loved him as a friend the way she loved all the rest of them, except Bill, because that was always more. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so suddenly, it was like suddenly she realized, you know what? I should choose Ben. A, because he grew up better than Bill did. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Because, like, I clearly, even though Bill kissed me, clearly I can't have Bill. Bill's very... Yeah. It felt like because she brought the poem up that she was just going to be with whoever wrote the poem. Yeah. It was a... It wasn't even that great a poem. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> I love him so much. <laughs> Well, luckily at this point, no matter how much Richie protests because Stan isn't here to do it anymore, mm-hmm. they finally decide that they're going to go into the sewers and kill the clown because mm-hmm. as much as I've complained that the second half was too clowny, I'd kind of <laughs> rather see more clown than focus more on their love. Yep. They go down there and... Pennywise is taunting them and he says the dumbest thing. Oh. He appears in a cloud of smoke and says, Mm -hmm. silly boy, you still think you can see me? You'll never see me. You'll see only what your little minds can allow. And I thought that was a great line, but they saw Pennywise like 95 times in the past day and a half, so... So it wasn't effective. Yeah, clearly that's not true. It's just like, no, we just saw you at dinner. We saw you at the library. Mm -hmm. We saw your ass at the hotel. We probably saw you in his car. He probably has like a uh, dash camera of Pennywise just like twerking in the parking lot. (laughs) Aww. It was like... Dancing clown. The twerking clown? Yeah, suddenly (laughs) you can't see Pennywise anymore. It's like, no, we see you. We constantly see you. In fact, we wish we didn't see you. Could you make that happen? Yeah. He, in general, had some interesting lines. Because earlier when they're kids and they go to him and blah, 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 he says, kill me? I am eternal child. I am the eater of worlds and of children. And I'm like, of worlds and of children? Like, worlds wasn't big enough? children was a bigger deal like what the fuck does that mean i mean maybe it's a bigger deal if you are a children a children yeah but i i enjoy the i am eternal child mm-hmm. i am an eternal child would have been better okay anyway i love <laughs> yes. that they find his real lair and the door is decorated with skeletons and candles like it's a fucking trick-or-treat house <laughs> And maybe that was the problem. He wanted them to say trick-or-treat. If they did, they would have gotten some candy and been sent on their way. Well, yeah, but they didn't say it, so they got a trick. Yeah, exactly. Makes sense. See, if you just follow Pennywise's rules, he's a very nice dancing clown. I bet. Um, (laughs) I think down there, they make the dumbest decisions. Like, Mm. Bill runs off six times because he finds his wife's purse. And that could have been a trick. You don't know that she's actually down here. But, like, 
he tries to climb up to go get her when they haven't even killed the clown yet. Not a good order of doing things. And then he gets caught in the deadlights and both Ben and Richie, after seeing him do it, rush up to try and help him and immediately look up at the lights and get caught too. It's, it's a Three Stooges skit. It really is. It was so funny to me. Like, watching it, I was just like, oh, good. Who's next? Like, Eddie, you want to join them? Let's go. At least Eddie didn't do that, and Bev didn't do that. But this giant spider was real shitty. Like, giant Mm -hmm. bug movies have been really popular-ish in science fiction, Mm -hmm. in B-movies, since them in the 50s. And honestly, this spider and the ants in them don't have a discernible quality difference. (laughs) Haven't seen it, but I believe you. You would figure a a movie 40 years later would do a better job. job, And it still is just, it's, it's real bad. Yeah. Even I didn't have a hard time watching it. It was still creepy because it was a spider, It, but it's like, it wasn't like I had to look away. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, but yeah, I, I liked the, that it had lights on its belly though. Uh-huh. I like that that's where it was. I don't know why I liked it. I can't explain it, but I like that that's where like the, 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 the soft spot, I guess was, I don't know how to describe it. Like that's where you had to get it. I like that when Eddie thought that Bev was just, like, ditching for some reason, Mm -hmm. he was like, okay, now I have to step up and be the hero. And even though he didn't believe in it at all, still did something. And, you know, it killed him, but he still didn't go, well, if Bev's ditching, I'm going to ditch too. Is that an option? Can we just leave? I didn't know we could just do that. Yeah. (laughs) No, Eddie couldn't do that. These were the only people he had ever loved. Yeah, and he was the virgin uh, sacrifice. Oh. Uh, I just recently watched Scream, and you haven't seen it, and we'll get to it. Um, but yes, he was the virgin sacrifice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was... Uh, I didn't want him to die. I knew he was gonna die. I had heard, obviously, it's been a very long time since this movie was released, and then the new ones came out, so I knew he was gonna die. But I still was really sad that he did because I really liked him, even as an adult, you know? So, especially because he was being heroic. Yeah. Like, he got the ending that I think he deserved. And not by dying, but by being the hero. (laughs) I'm so glad he died. He deserved that. No, yeah, I get what you mean, though. Especially because his thing was that he had spent his whole life just being so afraid and sick and anxious and then it was like no I'm gonna be the hero and buy the heroes and also and also just not doing anything like he just did what he was supposed to do and he never stood even when he knew that it was all bullshit he still didn't say I like he could have just pretended like he was taking medicine you know what I mean but he was still taking it because like that's what his mom wanted and like you had said earlier like what else did he have all he had was her yeah so he was constantly not doing anything at all. And then he finally did a thing and sadly killed him. But yeah. Yeah. He died a hero. He did. And they carried his corpse out of the sewer. Because what kind 
of an awful friend would leave the corpse of your hero in the sewer to rot. <laughs> this isn't foreshadowing at all. Um, oh. I think it really should have ended there. They get out of the sewer and they're all just standing and sitting on the grass holding each other. Holding oh. Eddie's corpse, looking at the sun after they mm. won. And okay. it should have ended with the whole group of our people. But it did not end like that because it ended in the absolute Spielberger yes thing <laughs> of Bill taking, well, first, Mike writing in his journal the like, yeah. the ending of how Bev and Ben are having kids. This is how, how yeah. <laughs> yeah. Richie has already replaced Eddie with somebody that looks and acts just like him, but isn't him because he's dead. And... That was, I didn't get that either, though. Like, I was like, I didn't think he needed that because he didn't have that for years as an adult. He didn't even remember these people. Yeah. And now suddenly he needed to replace, or like to have an, a replacement Eddie in his life. And I don't know. It was weird and it was stupid and I hated it. It was. And then they have Bill take Audra out on his bike. And he says, This beat the devil once. It's like, Well, not really, because the devil caught out, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Because that might have been the day that Stan saw the lights and decided he wanted to be there and eventually he made it there. So, yeah. you know, it did not run the devil that much, but I guess it outran the devil for the sanctity of marriage or something because <laughs> he is chanting beat it, beat it, beat it while he is pedaling yeah. on the bike and then she suddenly comes out of her coma because that's how magic comas work. <laughs> under if you almost crash <laughs> yeah well I guess when you're put under the thrall of an interdimensional space clown that's how they work mm. um, I wouldn't know I'll let you know when it happens please do <laughs> but that ending felt like the ending of a different movie a much worse movie mm -hmm. I wanted it to end with the losers I Either that, or with Mike putting a picture next to the picture of all seven of them on the train that he took that first day, of oh. the remaining five of them. That would have been great. I would have even been okay with his, I didn't like it, I, I don't like the voiceovers, I don't like the recap of this is what happened to this person and that person and whatever, but even if they had done that, and as hor as like cheesy and bad as it would have been, it wouldn't have been as bad if it was just like, yeah, and then Audra was not ever okay again, blah, blah, blah. And then they got into the cab or whatever it was and drove off. Yeah, it should have ended on our core seven and not on not only not our people, but mm -hmm. some cheesy romance comedy bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, it really did feel like not only that it was an ending to a worse movie, but that it was a whole different type of movie entirely. Like, it was a maybe a romantic comedy. Exactly. Um, I want to talk about the old cast versus the young cast and who you like better. Okay. 
Yes. Now. I think I've made this pretty obvious. (laughs) I hate Adult Bill. He is my least favorite character of all of them. And Little Bill, it wasn't like he, Little Bill, um, it wasn't like he was um, my favorite of all of them, but he was definitely better than Adult Bill. I think they relied when they really needed an emotional moment on cutaways Mm. to young Bill to sell what old Bill is saying. And that alone makes it obvious that younger Bill is better. Mm -hmm. Because they need those cutaways. They really did, yeah. Um, As much as I adore Seth Green, older Richie was a highlight of this movie. Oh. Okay, two things. I agree on that. However, I this was the one that I was just like, oh, I have to choose between adult Richie and baby Richie. I love both Richies. Richie in general was my favorite character out of all of them. Mm-hmm. And I would also probably choose adult Richie over baby Richie, but I don't want to choose. So I'm going to let you choose and I'm going to sit here and say, yes, they were both amazing and I love them. <laughs> this might be like a an out there opinion, but I liked young Stan better than old Stan because I don't think we really saw much of an old Stan, did we? No, I agree with you. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I don't. I didn't dislike older Stan. Mm-hmm. All we knew about him though was that he had a comfortable relationship with the woman that he clearly loved and cared for. And he was really horny. Well, it's impossible to judge because he wasn't really a character in the movie. That's true. Yeah. We didn't get to see much of him past those few seconds. Yeah. Or minutes. It was a few minutes. (laughs) Um, I liked older Eddie a lot better. The younger actor was weird. Mm. I think there was something angry and squinty about him all the time. Yeah, I always expected him to snap. He was a little sassy, but it was more, like, not nice. Whereas older Eddie was a sweetheart, and he was just, like, so happy to be with his friends again, and to actually have people who care about him and who he cares about, and his journey was great as an adult. It is. Um... Since young Mike joined the group last, we didn't get to mm-hmm. see a lot of him. Older mm-hmm. Mike had a lot more going for his personality, and the depth of his potential suicide attempt was a big damn deal. Yeah. Well, and I, it's funny, yeah, because we don't really get to see little Mike's personality much, but also because, like I said, I love the actor, and I think he does a good job in this role, too. Um, I immediately was leaning more towards him, but like I said, he was kind of leading them all. He was, he was such an important character. Whereas when they were younger, I mean, he, they were all equally important maybe, but he wasn't like, like if you didn't have little Mike in the movie, let me put it that way. If we, if he wasn't in the movie, it wouldn't have been as difficult to replace the things that we needed that we got from him you know mm-hmm. whereas adult mike was very important well and i think that might just be because his memories weren't new memories yeah 
so he was reminiscing about certain things, but he didn't have a big, long memory train like everyone else did. Mm-hmm. Um, this is no surprise. Young Ben was way better. I feel like we've been saying this from <laughs> before we even started talking about the movie. We were just like, fuck John Ritter. Fuck old Ben. <laughs> not feeling this. Not liking it. Poor John Ritter. I, we don't. I'm sure neither of us have anything against John no, Ritter. No, but he but makes we don't me think of a problem child. <laughs> um, he he doesn't even make me think about that. He makes me think of the TV show he was the dad in, something like Seven Simple Rules or Eight Simple Rules or something like that. Oh, well, <laughs> I liked that younger Ben had more guts. He was more clever, and he seemed to get along with the group way better. Whereas older Ben. As I just said, as a girl, girl, pussy. I want, I want, I want pussy. He was so pathetic. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I think the word simp applies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Bev is the easiest one for me. Young Bev was my favorite character and might have been the best actress in the movie. I agree. She was definitely the best actress in the movie. Um, I really liked the young Bev too. I I don't think I don't think I could have necessarily hated adult Bev, but I think you said earlier that she didn't really have a personality. It was like she was there to just be the girl and then to be the horny one. Um, yeah. And we didn't really get anything else from her, so I couldn't feel anything really for her. I felt bad for her at the beginning when we see her, you know, and her abusive boyfriend, and then it ends there. The second she comes back to Derry, it's just like okay. I don't care about you. And when she was younger, she had so much personality and she got along so Mm -hmm. well with them. Yeah. She wasn't the girl of the group. She was just part of the group. Yeah. And I really enjoyed that. And then she became the girl of the group as she got older. Yeah. Um, are you ready for final ratings? I am. I I don't know why I have such a connection to these movies because I had only seen the 2017 one before this. So it doesn't even make sense that I was like, oh my gosh, I love these movies because I'd only seen one, you know? But um, I didn't know what to expect going in, but it didn't let me down. I gave it an 80%. Wow. It was ridiculous. It was cheesy at times. The ending was shit. I didn't want Stan or Eddie to die. I kind of understood Eddie. I mean, Stan's death, though. Um, I still didn't want Eddie to die. (laughs) Um, But they did ruin the characters when they made them into adults. So that was shitty. But overall, I thoroughly enjoyed the movie for a three-hour-long movie, which I did watch in two parts. Not necessarily the way that they were supposed to be watched, maybe, but I did split it into two parts. Um... But I could definitely watch this again. Even right. if it was watching it all three hours continuously, I still would have enjoyed it. And that's it, a big deal for you because you'll sit there and go, is it a two-hour movie? No, no movie needs to be two hours. <laughs> to be fair, this was two movies. <laughs> to be fair, it was a miniseries. <laughs> Maybe they could have just made it into 30-minute episodes. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Well, what'd you give it? I gave it an 84. Oh, nice. And I loved that they didn't rely on jump scares to get their horror. Yeah. And some of the moments were actually legitimately chilling. 
and there was a lot of humor in it too and i enjoyed the young cast a lot but it was cheesy in some ways that i thought were fun and some ways that i didn't think were fun at all and the second Mm -hmm. half dragged a lot more than the first probably because (laughs) the actors were not as likable yeah well i think anytime we give similar ratings or like ratings that are near each other's I'm excited because that's rare for us. (laughs) It is. And I'm excited that we get to come back in two weeks to continue the series with It 2017. Yay! I'm so excited about that. Spoilers! In the meantime. Oh. Yeah? You can't just tell me. Oh, that I'm excited? Uh, I hate it. It's the worst movie ever. Don't ever watch it. Did that work? Uh, uh, but they'll still get to find out what my actual true rating for it is and uh, all that other good stuff. But in the meantime, guys, check us out on social media. We're on Instagram at Millennials at the Movies. We're on Twitter, Millennials ATM. And uh, my personal Twitter is Ami, that's A-M-I underscore movies. And my personal Instagram is Cantaloupe underscore.